You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery, James Chen of Thanks, man. I'm a little nutty still from, from the fucking drive, man. You spend that much time by yourself. Oh, and I um, also drove the entire way without any music on, just complete silence. Like a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, maybe did least, one. Did you at least play like fucking, I don't know what kind of card games you play? You, you know, I'm slug bug for yourself. I mean, what, like, yeah, what hit do you myself, do? smack myself in the face every time I see you. Uh, a little uh, Volkswagen bug, yeah. I mean, you smash know, bug, red bug. <laughs> there, there, there is a little bit of a, a a feeling of accomplishment if you can actually go that long without any. You know, you're you're kind of stuck with your thoughts, though, right? You know, and then well, here's what here's the way it always happens. The first five hours is there's a, just a lot of, um. And then usually it's about after five hours, then things just start blending in. And when you get to Arizona, pretty much? Yeah, yeah, past Phoenix. Once, once I'm past Phoenix, um, you know, and uh, this time I, I took off at night. So um, I was driving in the dark, you know, through there. And, um, yeah, it was uh, – it, it became, you know, like just finally like a meditative state, basically. Mm. And I, I leave the, the music off. Um, and be, just because it, it represents time, you know, anytime you listen to music, you're like, okay, I just heard a song. Okay. There's another song. I must've listened to, I don't know, four or five songs. That's a certain amount of time. Well, that causes me to keep track of time, mm. you know? And when I just leave the music off and I'm just, you know, there's nothing there, mm. then, you know, it's just easier to lose track of time and it makes the time go by quicker. I see. And it doesn't mean that there's necessarily complete silence. Sometimes I'm, you know, saying some stupid shit or just, you know, yeah, some crazy shit comes out of my mouth sometimes. Just, I don't know what the fuck or whatever. But um, anyway, I, this was the first time that I actually drove uh, the entire um, almost 30 hours without stopping and sleeping. Mm. Um, I, uh, and it was only because right about where I normally stop, um, or where I was, was starting to get tired. It was near in Texas. Um, this fucking asshole cut me off so bad that if I didn't like cut my wheel and slam on my brakes, I would have run into him. And, um, yeah. Oh, and this guy, Oh, what an asshole. This, uh, this son of a bitch. Um, this was just another one of them. Uh, this wasn't the one that almost got run off the road though. Um, this guy, he managed to stay in front of me for like a couple of hours and he wasn't um, going slow. He was going fast, you know, but he just, you know, whenever it was time to go past him, he just managed to get in front of me because he wanted to go faster too. And I was forced to look at that horrible throwy of POX <laughs> Pox, and just really analyze it. You know, it was just really, really analyzing, you know, and coming up with, you know, maybe the guy was, it's shitty because maybe the truck was moving. Maybe cops were shooting at him while he was trying to do it. That's the only way I would accept that horrible of a fucking throwing. It's so bad that it, it just it made me want it made me want to 
stop somewhere and practice doing throwies, you know, and I don't, I don't do throwies. I'm not a throwy guy. You know, I don't, I don't mind doing a throwy. I think they're kind of fun to do and everything, but I'm not normally known for doing fucking throwies, but that shit made me want to practice doing throwies just because it was so shitty and I had to look at it for so long. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, became more angry at the truck driver for having left it on his truck. Like if that was my truck, I, as soon as I would have seen that shit, I would have been painting right the fuck over it or cleaning it the fuck off. Like before I even got on the road is so bad that throwing it's just so bad. Um, I'm not trying to be discouraging to pox, you know, I was a toy also, you know, at one point we're all toys when you're getting started, you know, and you suck, you're a toy. It's okay, but keep practicing. Okay. Keep practicing. And, and, you know, maybe not the, the Rust-Oleum with the stock cap, you know, maybe spend a little bit of money and get you a, you know, uh, a Montana or, you know, um, maybe our new fucking, our new spray paint line that we got, you know, maybe go get you some, um, some, some go paint. All right. You know, in practice, get you some nice tips, some different tips, you know, some different effects and everything and, and, and go for it. Okay. Pox don't settle for that shit that you left on the back of that truck. Okay. That's horrible. Um, but I'm glad you got up and, and, you know, I'm sure it looked better in, in your mind when you're doing it than it did. I hope you didn't take a picture of it and post it. Um, and if you did, I hope your friends gave you a hard time about it. Um, Okay. So anyway, anyway, so right about when I was getting sleepy, this one guy almost ran me off the road and I, and you know, before I would have that guy, I would have chased his ass down, run him off the road, beat the hell out of him, stab him to death or something. But because of the meditating, I, I went through that thought process in my mind and didn't do it. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm able to see that it's not a good thing to do. Um, and then the second time, um, this asshole just pulled right. Just well, no, he didn't want to. He didn't want to get out of the way. It looked like he was passing an eighteen-wheel truck, and he was in a pretty big truck himself, probably like a forty-five-foot truck. You know, big high back and everything. And about halfway through passing that eighteen-wheel truck, I'm coming up behind him. You know, and I didn't get right up on his ass. Wasn't being a dick about it or anything, but you know, I come right up on him. And I sit back a little bit, and then about halfway through, he decides, fuck it. I'm good here. I'm just going to chill right fucking here next to this 18-wheeler doing 10 miles an hour under the speed limit. <laughs> and then he just sat there and sat there and sat there, and I'm just like the blood starting to boil, and I'm like, you motherfucker. Like the tiredness that was coming in was getting replaced with adrenaline. And... um and there was a guy behind me that was pissed as well. He was like right on my ass and everything. And, and once that 18-wheeler finally realized that this dude decided just to sit there, he went ahead and, and sped up and enough to where I could get in and, and go past him. And, oh, man, I wanted to so bad cut that son of a bitch off and make him swerve or something like that. But the meditation allowed me to go past and move on without doing that. However, <laughs> uh, I did get some enjoyment. And watching this guy behind me that was 10 times more angry than I was, the dude was just stalling. This dude pulled over in front of him so bad that I thought that dude's truck was going to flip. It, he I just that thing swerved and was fishtailing and shit. Um, and I, cause I was watching the whole thing in my, in my rearview mirror. And I just, I, I did get a smile on my face, you know, and I was, I was, uh, I was not, you know, too upset that the dude did that because I honestly did want to do it. But, um, yeah, so I, I drove the entire almost 30 hours without 
stopping and sleeping. So, so statistically speaking, that for sure is more dangerous than getting on a plane and almost <laughs> contracting COVID, right? Statistically speaking, right? Yeah, but here's the thing. You know what? If, if you're safe, if you're safe and you're not in a hurry or whatever, um, there is a, a way of doing it that's a lot safer than what I did. You know? yeah. And I used to be a lot worse. I used to get to where I would just nod off like continuously and almost fall asleep driving for a little while before I'd pull over and stop. But you know, now I got the wife and kids and everything. It, I promised myself as soon as I come close to make, you know, nodding off, like one nod, I stop and I pull over. Now, um, you know, other than that, you got deer along the road that, that you might run into, especially in Texas. Um, you don't want to be driving through Texas at night. Um, and if you do, stay behind uh, an 18 wheel truck in the slow lane and you're good to go, you know, because if a, if a deer does jump out, most likely that 18 wheeler is going to clear him out. Um, and you know, you're not going to hit the deer. So wonder, you're behind. I mean, are there people that actually go pick up the deer? I mean, like in the middle of fucking nowhere, like, I, I, um, and eat them. I don't know. No, I, no, 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 I, I was just, I was thinking about like, uh, just like, you know, you know, how when they, they have like cops clear the road when there's like a fucking mattress in the middle. Of the road. I'm just oh, thinking. I'm sure they have. Uh, they probably have like the road um, service. I've seen trucks, like road service trucks or whatever. I'm sure that probably scary, part man. of their um, job is to, you know, if there's parts that are still on there or whatever, just clearing everything off. But That's dude, scary though, man. you get you get hit by a, a deer, man. That'll That's like hitting a little up. car. That's yeah, like hitting that... a little car, and yeah, and um, it happened yeah, to my that, friend before. Yeah, and uh, I. <laughs> You know, it totaled the, the, the you know, Jap little Japanese car that she drove. So, it's just no joke, man. They'll just pop out of you like fucking, like, nowhere, man. You know what I mean? So, but... but or they'll be standing in the... Here's, here's the problem. What happens, what almost happened to me when I was driving back after driving to Florida the last time, um, I wasn't coming down I-10. I was coming from Waco because I went through and went to the um, surfing ridge. Um, but what was the problem is that as I was driving along, it, there were deer sitting out in the road. Not sitting, but like standing in the middle of the road, just standing there. So mm -hmm. what happens, if there's no activity for a while, there's no cars coming by for a while, then they'll just walk right out and just stand there. So that's why it's better to, you know, to be on, on interstates or to be behind a big truck or something like that. Because if there has been an activity and that big truck is in front of you, like I said, it, it's not going to stop a, an 18 wheel truck. Just follow um, pox, man. Just follow pox it, and you'll be okay. Follow pox and it'll lead the <laughs> fucking way. <laughs> so, okay. I know you, uh, what did you do when you were in Florida, man? I mean, hang out with your, pops. not much dude, not fucking much because it rained every single day. I was there this time. Well, we, we were um, supposed to do some podcasts, but, uh, uh, you know, you know, like oh, the, it was storming. It's storm, dude. Like yeah. the, the, the power goes out there. I mean, it's, it's some gnarly fucking like it. I, I didn't see a storm like that in a long fucking time, man. Yeah, so to the um, audience, sorry, guys. Uh, you know, like I said, we do this when we can, and uh, it wasn't a chance uh, for Teach to do it. We tried to do it on the road, but we're back this week, so uh feels good to be back, man. Now, I saw that you got a mullet when you were in uh, uh, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> you got to just, like, get back into the – Get back into the scene, man, or what? <laughs> yeah, you know, look at that. A fucking perfect little mullet there. Um, uh, you know, that's I actually did have a mullet um, up until art school. I think I 
by the time I was done second year or so of art school, I trimmed it back because I had started doing some modeling or whatever. But yeah, dude, I was total fucking mullet for. But did you, you know, tell people that you're business in the front and party in the back? I'm just curious. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> no, that wasn't even a thing back then. You know what I mean? It was just what you, what your hair looked like from if you were from that area. You know, and <clears throat> oh, okay, okay, the dude okay. was cutting my hair for the first. It, it was actually the same guy that had cut it the last time. He's like, you want six mullet, months. Right? <laughs> no, he was, you know, he knew exactly what I had wanted. And so he did one side, then he did the other side. And he was getting ready to do the back and top. And then I was like, I look like I got a mullet right now, don't I? And he's like, yeah, pretty much. And so I took my phone, I'm like, and so wait, on the way back, though, I saw you met up with some of our friends, man. I, I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, smack. And uh, TV head actually uh, hung out with them, and they they took me around, and we hit a few spots in uh, in Austin, um, which is pretty cool, you know. And just to be able to—that's one of the things that this uh, podcast does for us, you know what I mean? I just shot a DM out to to Smack and said, "Hey man, I'm gonna be rolling in town, you know, now, tomorrow afternoon." I was in Houston when I hit him up. He's like, "Awesome man, hit us up. We'll, we'll uh, you want you feel like going out and you know hitting some pieces?" And I'm like, "Sure man, why not?" And so we went and uh, hit it like a bunch of vandals. Hell yeah! And uh, then after, actually, after I hung out with them, I went and met up with uh, with Good Luck Buddha, and um, we, you know, and like like I said, but I I would have hung out and and, and partied with um, you know both uh, Smack and, and and TV Head and and uh, Good Luck Buddha, but you know we it's it's the COVID and we all wearing masks and and uh, you know trying to spend as little time as we can, you know, near each other. So uh, after we were done pasting up, I was like, yeah, I should probably get going. Went and met up with, uh, with Good Luck Buddha right outside the Sino Cafe. And, um, you know, just had a, had a coffee and um, social distance visit and exchanged some, uh, some art and then got back on the road, dropped off another Cheshire cat. Um, there on the outskirts of, of Austin. Um, yeah, right there you go, right next to the, the fire hydrant there near the, the uh, art garage. Right there in the background is this place called the art garage. Um, and uh, got back on the road, drove to uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico, and uh, was starting to get a little bit tired. So I was like, you know, I didn't want to go ahead and call it a Calling the evening, got up the next morning and actually had um, these two um, teach peace crosses that were still in my truck from you know whatever, and so I thought I'd try to be a little funny and I, I uh, found a spot to leave them, and instead of leaving them as crosses, I left them as X's. So I said it was uh, dos X for um, Las Cruces. <laughs> nice man I like, so in the last episode actually uh um well in the podcast you're about to hear uh that we forgot to go over this question they asked us um if, if you get like people picking them up man so i just uh do people usually pick them up pretty fast the stuff that you leave sometimes you do yeah i mean um the uh the, the first cat that i put out uh back near um in northwest florida that was picked up i think like the next day um, the one that I left right outside of Austin, um, I don't know, 
you know, a lot of times people don't let me know when they picked them up. Um, there was a while where I was putting out these uh, dogs, and um, you know, it's it's kind of a scavenger hunt to some degree. But I don't make you guess too much. You know, I take a picture and a video and show exactly where it is. I tell people, okay, like you know, this particular day at this time, I'm going to be putting up the video to show where it is. And I've had people pick them up as quickly as within five minutes of posting where they where they were, um, just because they were you know happened to be right near where they were or whatever. Or they called a friend of theirs to go pick the piece up for them. Mm. Um, but it's uh, you know it's it's a nice way to kind of give back. Um, you know, I, I usually do that after I've sold a couple of pieces and you know made a good good chunk of, uh, of money, and it's kind of like you know, given back or given to people who maybe can't necessarily afford, uh, to buy, uh, pieces from me. Um, and, uh, you know, at the same time, maybe, um, you know, just motivating someone to get off their ass and go look for something, you know, instead of just sit at home. Yeah. You know, it's part of the, I, like I said, I always love that aspect that you do too, man. Cause it's part of like the, uh, public art interactive street art thing. You know, there's always like, interaction between the artists and uh the public you know you just leave them on the street and people pick them up it's part of the whole street art game man. i love that dude so yeah, actually I mean, tv head uh in in uh, houston i think it's tv head atx um on instagram he uh he does that as well when when we were out uh, getting up i saw that he had uh left a uh, canvas behind um for someone to come pick up it's so awesome, it's, man. Uh, we gotta get TV head on, dude. I think his work is really cool, man. So yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And he's um, he's very similar to to me, actually. Uh, kind of a tall guy into uh, um, house remodeling a little bit, and um, he didn't show up with the TV on his head, though, right? Not this time, though, right? No. <laughs> okay, no. okay. Because every single time I'm seeing him online, he has the TV on his head, dude. So you know what I mean. But uh, you know, super cool. He's guy. very consistent. <laughs> But he's a really cool guy too. Really, really nice guy. Really cool. Uh, I enjoyed their company. I wish I could have, you know, had time to hang out and stay there the night and party with these guys. They're great guys. Well, the cool thing is that, uh, uh, you know, the other founder of LA Street Gallery, Mitchell Dumlau, actually has officially moved to Austin now. So now we have uh, more heads in Austin, man. So oh shit, man! I didn't know that. I should would have hit him up when I was there. Shit, I didn't even get to see. No, I mean, he he just got there today, actually, man. So, oh shit! Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well then. You know, well, what's cool is like, uh, you know, now we have like these little like enclaves that uh, of communities that, you know, we've reached out to on the show. And in the future, when events come back, man, it'll be cool to, uh, uh, you know, go to these show. We got go to these. Uh, Let's talk about our next event right quick. Okay. With the paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the paint. John, the, the, paint. Paint. the paint. The paint, man. The paint. I'm very excited <laughs> because it, after. It only took us three years. That's all. <laughs> and you know what? For just so you people know, um, if you ever have aspirations of of starting your own um, paint line, uh, good luck because <laughs> it's it's a little bit like the Fight Club, you know. Like you gotta, you can't just all of a sudden say, "Here, you know, we're gonna do this." You gotta, you know, get people that are actually gonna work with you, and and you know, if you're not gonna be ordering thousands and thousands of cans, <laughs> good luck because. You know, these guys are used to working with people that make big orders and stuff like that, and we're just getting started off and everything, and they're kind of like, yeah, I don't know if we want this new player in the game or not. Let's let them sit there and sweat it out for a bit. 
And three I'm, fucking years. Three years they made us wait. You know, Fight Club, what, you got to sit outside three or four days? Huh? <laughs> well, how it is, man, I mean, at the end of the day is, you know, um, you know, there's, a, there's very few factories that actually make spray paint in this country. And we wanted to uh, get something that's American-made, and we wanted to get the OGs of the OGs, right? Because our brand is a Go Paint. And if you flip it around, it's OG spray paint, right, basically? And it's made by Edward Seymour of Seymour Spray Paint, the original inventor of spray paint. Edward Seymour didn't make it himself, but his company did, basically. You know, And so we got the original company that makes spray paint to manufacture our brand. And... You know, we our, our uh, label will be out pretty soon at a, a location near you. But we were thinking everybody has already, a lot of people have already reached out. I put it on the story today. I said, hey, go spray paint is here finally. You know what I mean? And then we got a lot of messages <clears throat> saying like, hey, I want to try a can. How do I get a can? You know, where do I buy it? And I was like, you know We ain't going to be driving this shit around. Fuck that. Uh-uh. <laughs> First of all, spray paint is very hard to ship, and it's very expensive because this shit is flammable and explosive. You know what I mean? So it's not very <laughs> easy. Shipping to little ship. bombs around, little balls of cocktails. It's true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we were thinking, right? They now, wouldn't let me use them in China because they called them a fucking weapon. <laughs> That's true. So we were thinking, um, well, teach, uh, you know, does some painting, and then uh, I do some DJing, and then if we were to just get together some a uh, place in a COVID friendly outdoor place and maybe just uh maybe know, the old fame yard there across from uh, Fairfax high school. Yeah. We got to ask maybe Meg, we go there. We got to talk about Meg Zaney about that. Right. She's a curator of that, that place. And um, uh, basically somewhere near there though, probably Yeah, so. somewhere near, you know, Melrose area. And then uh, we're, we're basically just going to have a table and teach is going to do some painting. And then uh, I'm going to be doing some DJing. And uh, if you want a can, all you got to do is show that you follow the page, uh, Paint the Town Podcast, LA Shred Gallery, Teacher, and uh, basically come out and show that, you know, you listen to the podcast, you're part of the community, and we'll give you a free can, man. And everybody uses – Maybe a couple cans. Maybe not just one can because it's not, you know, worth the trip for just one can. Okay. If, okay. You, can, if you can show us, hey, you know what? You know, I'm going to be doing a piece with it or whatever. Maybe we'll give you more than – maybe we'll give you a few cans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to – we're going to basically uh, get some samples and um, I figure that's the easiest way uh, and we'll make it a day out of it. Maybe we'll have some food or something like that, but uh, you know, and you know what it's, it's COVID safe because we're going to be outdoors. Everyone's going to be wearing a fucking mask, stay spread out and everything. And, and uh, you know, and dude, I went through this whole trip. I drove to Florida, you know, I went um, into restaurants to pick up food uh, with my dad wearing masks and everything. And I managed to, go this whole distance, went and saw the guys in Austin, did all this stuff, and got my test back, and I'm, you know, negative. So it's possible to do a, a lot of traveling, be around a lot of people, do a lot of things, and still be safe. So, Yeah, I mean, in other states, it's totally different, right? The things that are opened up and, like, right? Dude, Florida's fucking crazy. The schools are open. Kids are in school. Yeah. A friend of mine is a, is a, a couple of friends of mine are, are, uh, are teachers at the high school that is in, uh, in, in my area. And they're like, yeah, they just, they're getting ready to send another big, uh, you know, cluster of kids home because they got the, the COVID. Oh. Like, uh, I don't see this being sustainable right now. It's kind of a little bit crazy. 
Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And there's man. anti-maskers, you know, uh, students walking around that won't even wear a mask. It's <laughs> fucked up, dude. Some fucked yeah. up shit there. I was careful I mean, as hell. Everywhere I went with my dad, um, you know, he's got like three or four masks now that he keeps in his, in his car. And, um, you know, we just go get the food at the restaurant and take it home, which sucks. Cause I've always tried to get my dad to be a little bit more social and go out. And here we are having to do the exact fucking opposite. Let me ask you, does your dad have anybody that had COVID that, um, that he knows at his age? No. Okay. Okay. He did, he's a little bit of a hermit at this point. He goes to church, um, you know, on Sunday. Um, but you know, he doesn't talk to hardly anyone says hi to people. I'm sure. But you know, it doesn't sit there and have any long conversations with anybody or anything like that. And, um, but he's stoked, man. That's he's, he's now I know where I get my ability to be a hermit from, you know what I mean? He's, he's happy to be by himself. He loves having this uh, caregiver that I hooked up for him to come by Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's beautiful lady named Laura is really, really nice. And they, uh, they go downstairs and play some pool on the pool table and, um, go out for a walk. And, uh, he just likes it because she's, she's very pretty and she's nice. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, dude, I mean, you know, this week is kind of a special week. We did a pot. We did someone else's podcast, actually. Uh, yeah. We got the One Love Art Sessions, man. And uh, that's those are cool guys, man. Crispo, definitely Crispo check them out if, uh, if you guys want to hear another podcast kind of similar to ours, uh, but a little bit more organized, uh, a little bit more professional, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> but uh, it's, you know, I dig these guys. They're uh, you know. No one's dying, you know, trying to line up to do this job. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's not that easy. So I'm, well, I, I always tell- have respect for people guys doing this, but you know they they're they're pretty damn good with it too. So first of all, uh, you know they listen to the show, man. And whenever I hear that somebody listens to the show, man, I always feel honored. Sometimes some of my friends tell me, "Oh yeah, I listen to this one show." I'm like, "You listen to the show, man? Holy shit! <laughs> You're my friend, dude. I, I need to watch what I fucking say." That's a true friend. Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe it's just actually kind of entertaining, hopefully, right? You know what I mean? But, <laughs> but what I'm like saying a car is, wreck? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, One Love Art Sessions, man, like I can tell that these two dudes are uh, like both like deep dudes, man, and they like to have like deep conversations about art um, and uh, yes, other topics absolutely. as well, too. Every single episode, they basically named the episode. Uh, they they name it some a topic or something like that, and then they basically they talk about it. So, for example, um, our episode was uh, called West, West Coast. Coast. Yeah. So, I mean, it, first of all, I feel honored that uh, they they selected us as uh, representatives of the West Coast, man. But you know, some of the other some of the other uh, episodes that they have are like completion, obstacles, accountability, everyday art room, you know, things like that, man. So, I mean. It's a little bit different from our show. I think it's a little bit more structured, and they probably don't goof off as much as that we do. I mean, or maybe they do. I don't know. But uh, I think they do too. They have know? a good time. But, they have uh, a good time. Yeah, they're they're just more professional than us. <laughs> maybe you know what I mean. They have like cool graphic images for all their stuff. Consistent. But- I would say they're more consistent than we are. <laughs> so they're on episode like seventeen, I think. Right. Yeah, so I think uh, we're episode seventeen. So I know we haven't had a uh, you know. A show in a couple weeks, man, and uh, sorry about that, teachers. You know, been gone. Oh, dude, the storms. You don't want to like. We would have been sitting here talking, and then all of a sudden it would just be like. Yip. 
But, Storms know, in Florida do not fuck around. Anyone who is listening who is in Florida, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Especially uh, Bradley or, uh, excuse me, uh, Augie. <laughs> you know what the hell I'm talking about, don't you? You're down there near St. Petersburg, the, the lightning capital of the world is what it's referred to. I lived down in that area for a while, and it is, dude, you want to talk about a light show? And, yeah, anytime this shit's going on, you don't want to be anywhere near any electrical stuff and having something like this going on. No way. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, definitely. So uh, on that podcast, man, we got into a lot of cool topics. I mean, we, we got into kind of a little bit about our backgrounds for their audience, man. I think we started talking about, like, uh, uh, the Super Bowl at some point. We started <laughs> talking about, uh, you know. Well, I, I thought it was also cool just to, you know, keep up the theme of West Coast. They, you know, asked us what it was that, you know, the location of, of California has done for us as far as our, you know, careers and, and, uh, and our desires and stuff like that. I thought that was an interesting question. Yeah, actually. And you know, I, I pretty much told them that, you know, for me, California pretty much kicked me right in the balls doubled me over and then as i doubled over and went around the backside and stuck its boot straight up my ass um and just kicked the fuck out of me um <laughs> but is uh kind of what i needed i guess uh you know to to help uh develop and evolve so um you know sometimes you need to get your ass kicked a little bit in order to um to develop and uh, without further ado, guys, uh, here is the One Love Art Sessions. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode, what are you, 16? 17. 17. Episode 17 of the One Love Art Sessions. Our first of 2021. So yeah. we're coming in on a bang. Let's go. Uh, so let's, let's start with a little bit of housekeeping. As always, um, if you like what you hear, please do us a favor and subscribe. It says, it's an easy and free way to support us, or you can go ahead and give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts or review us on any podcast platform you are listening to us on currently. Uh, also, please go to Instagram and follow us at One Love Art Sessions, spelled out One Love Art Sessions. Repost and like our content. A like and repost is free, but is absolutely priceless to us. Uh, as always, I'm James LJ, artist, designer, avid game show network watcher uh i am an artist and designer and uh, i've been working in the new york city area uh for a very very long time and i'm currently working uh as a product design manager i guess that would be my official title uh and if you've been with us before you know i am only one half of the one love art sessions i cannot do this alone so everyone please say hello to my partner in crime my co-host the carol to my baskins <laughs> the one and only crespo uh what's up one love community i'm crespo family man artist and educator and the other half of love thanks for joining us if this is your first time here jay and i put together a virtual series called the one love art sessions our goal is to bring talent community together for creativity heart-to-heart -heart discussions and chill vibes for this episode we're traveling to the west coast to cut it up and maybe one day break bread with our brothers from another podcast james and teacher one james shen is a dj producer founder of the la street gallery I like this. I had to add this. He quit his cush corporate job, sold his house, and started a mission to prove that Chinese Americans can make a name in the international DJ and art scene. Teacher One is a veteran artist skilled in a variety of mediums, most notably stencil work, or at least that's what, I, that's what captures my attention. Teacher works along a unique continuum of the street and studio, uh, creating emotionally evocative images enlivened by deep palettes and rich textures. 
the better to advance narratives and bring more detail into focus for a citywide audience. And together, they are the hosts of the Paint the Town podcast. That's at PTTP show on IG if you want to go follow them right now before we start this conversation. So, fellas, tell us. Uh, we try our best to, to introduce our guests, but sometimes we always miss something. So, teacher, tell us a little more about yourself. Oh, man. Um, I can definitely tell that I didn't write my introduction. It sounded really nice. (laughs) So much better than and eloquent than I uh, could have said of myself, you know, but that's a typical artist, right? That is. Um, uh, Well, let's see. Before uh, before I was a street artist, um, I was always an artist Uh, through high school and everything. my, My high school art teacher was this beautiful lady with an amazing body. And uh, she told me about, you know, instead of having to go to college, I could actually go to the, an art school, you know, like where I didn't have to learn all the other shit um, stuff. Excuse me. Nah, um, it's cool. It's cool. We're good? Okay. Yep. I didn't know if we were just, <laughs> uh, my, what level we're at here. My art teacher with an incredible body, but I'm going to uh, <laughs> apologize for cursing. You're <laughs> well, <laughs> already way down the rabbit just, hole, man. Hey, you got to yeah. kind of understand, this is like a way more like, formal thing than like what we do we're, oh, like, shit. we're like you know uh you know we kind of just <laughs> hang out on zoom and sometimes we get high too and just talk <laughs> but yeah go ahead teach <laughs> it's all good that's 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 about it yeah all um, right but uh yeah and and um i i basically you know realize i i'm partially dyslexic so okay. um i i thought that i was just stupid when I was younger, you know, because I'm trying hard and, and harder than all the other kids and they seem to be doing better than me. And so I'm like, you know what? I seem to be pretty good at this art stuff. Maybe I should go for that. Um, and here's this art teacher that enlightened me upon this, you know, this art school. And I was like, man, I just, I just wanted to do all kinds of artwork to impress her. And man, of one of her favorite things that she would ever do. Like, you know, this is for all the guys, maybe even some of the girls, who knows? Um, you know, whenever she would come around to look at whatever you're working on, she would bend over and put her hands on the desk and she would always wear these low cut, you know, blouses or dresses or whatever. <laughs> Dude, at a young age, you know, like I can't yeah, yeah, apologize yeah. for what of my course, mind did back then. I'm just merely informing you. Of, no, mine was you know, Miss Williams, hard. man. My, mine was Miss Williams. Like I still remember my English teacher. She was so hot, dude. I had that same experience. <laughs> but I didn't go into English though. But anyway, sorry. You almost did though. I bet you almost, I bet you considered that shit. <laughs> I did. I did. I thought about it. It got me out of my well, ESL class, you know what I mean? Shit. <laughs> Mrs. Brogdon. Mrs. Mrs. Brogdon was very inspiring. And, and helped to inspire me and got me off to art school, which I ended up getting a, a bachelor's degree of fine arts, which, you know, um, these days, I just, I, uh, I really wouldn't recommend that unless you're going to go into teaching, uh, you know, or something, some specific, um, you know, administration job where you need a, a, you know, master's degree and you need to get a, you know, bachelor's degree along the way or something yeah. like that, because yeah. I ended up doing, uh, illustrations, um, and and you know for some couple of magazines and i quit doing that because you have to you have to be good at nagging people you know mm. constantly going hey man i'm still in town man look what, look what i just did hey man yeah. still around check me out you know and it's like i'm not good at doing that mm. <laughs> so um you know i was doing commission paintings of uh actually started doing show horses like arabs and half arabs okay ended up meeting some of the richest people in the world wow. and doing paintings for them okay. and um then 
it was really not a whole lot went on until the Pentagon thing came around. Um, 2001, 9-11 had just happened, and I decided to do a series of paintings, the first series of paintings I'd ever done. Before that, I was just trying to sell my shit. Yeah. And so um, I did 12 paintings because I figured I'd put together a calendar because you can reach more people with a calendar, you know? And so I figured, well, to help make a story about the whole thing, um, my dad made some nice frames for each one of these paintings I did, had uh, 10 of the world's religious symbols hidden in each painting. Hmm. Basic message, you know what? You want to get along, look at the big picture, you start picking out all these little symbols, this is where the problems lie. Anyway, so I figured I would, I made some easels, I figured I'd take them to each crash site from 9-11, put them up on easels, take a photo with the you know crash site in the background to help put together a nice calendar. That's how I ended up at the Pentagon. Hmm. And... I had gotten a permit to shoot him in front of the Capitol building. And when I was getting that permit from the police department in the Capitol building, and I was telling about, man, I've been trying to reach the Pentagon and this, that, and the other. Like, oh, dude, you're going to have this permit. Just show him this permit. You, you have, what kind of camera? I'm just, you know, this little camera. Like, oh, dude, you'll be fine. Go on over there. So after I put my paintings up in front of the Capitol building, took a photo, I took them down and drove them over to the Pentagon, drove around, found a nice little grassy spot that had, you know, big enough to where you had the Pentagon in the background. And there was cops and motorcycles all over the place. So went to the one closest to me and just to let him know, hey, you know, here's what I'm doing over here. And he goes, no, you're not. I'm like, well, I was just over the Capitol building and they let me set up over there. I got a permit. He goes, well, let me see your permit. I'm like, well, here's my permit. And he's like, yeah, well, this is for the Capitol building. Okay. This is the Pentagon. So I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> okay. She saved the day, man. I don't know okay. what they do without you. Um, has your, has but, your whole career been about people saying like nah you can't paint here and then you're like well i got this permit <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just wondering i'm noticing an actual parallel he's, from he's before using, when you were a street artist dude like, i never really looked at it that way Holy he's shit. been st I, he's still using the same permit he's still using I, envision, I envision him getting pulled over for speeding and just handing over the permit for the capital well i have this permit and he's like nah, nah, nah. this is not gonna help dude, you dude. I, I had well for at least for a while i don't know if those numbers are still the same but i had some phone numbers of the uh I guess the guy in the um, manager's office in the Pentagon and the guy in the commercial uh, division in the Pentagon, and they're two phone numbers, you know, I could uh, legitimately say, Hey, you call this number and they'll validate me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but it, okay. So what happened was this guy gave me a number to call. And so I called that number and I got an answer machine. I'm like, you know, left the message, Hey, you know, whatever, want to set some paintings up and there's my number. I told the guy, yeah, it was just an answering machine. Was, That's about all I can do for you. Sorry. I'm like, I drove up from Florida to do mm. to get that shot. Luckily, I had some family in New Jersey, so I went and visited them and everything. Then I got back out to California. This guy calls me up <laughs> of course. and says, "Hey, um, can't let you set the paintings up inside the Pentagon, but if you'd like to set up and work on a painting, no, no, no I'm sorry. If you'd like to put the paintings inside the Pentagon, we'll do that." And I'm like, "Dude, that." That seems infinitely more complex. Like all I want to do is set them up outside and take a picture. It wouldn't take 20 minutes. You guys don't have to do anything, but you want an, okay, no, you're going to allow me to put my paintings inside the Pentagon. Okay. Now, of course, a friend of mine from back home, I used to airbrush t-shirts in a little tourist area. And he was like, dude, why don't you sit up next to your paintings in the Pentagon, like airbrush t-shirts and sell them. And uh, I don't know if you can tell by that accent, but I come from a redneck area in Florida. Um, but I was like, dude, they're not going to let me airbrush in the fucking Pentagon. Okay. So, um, but I was like, you know, if they're going to let me sit there and be on my paintings and no one's coming around, I'm going to get bored. You know, I'm going to see, I'm going to call and see if they'll let me work on a painting. 
And the guy, I didn't find this out until later, the original guy that I talked to was on vacation when I called to get permission to do this. And the guy's like, yeah, you're going to be right outside the building manager's office between corridors one and two, you know, second floor near the A-ring. No problem, you know, because he thought this other guy had gotten an NASA permit for me to be there. Huh. So come to the day I'm supposed to be there, in there, the first day I'm staying in a hotel room and they're like, uh, yeah, we got a problem. You have to wait till tomorrow. Huh. I'm like, okay. Just keep stacking. And so the next day I go in, I'm sitting outside the Metro entrance for about an hour. And finally this guy comes out and get, gets me, Rick Dawkins brings me in and we're sitting in the office and um, there's the associate building manager, the deputy building manager, um, and two other higher ups. And dude, there was something going on. And, like I'm just sitting on the couch watching everything. And finally one guy was close enough to me. I didn't feel like I was intruding. And I'm like, Hey man, what, what, what's going on? And he's like, you <laughs> you know what's going on <laughs> i'm like all these guys are in here because of me he goes well you know didn't have the right permit for you you know we got to figure out what to do with you, you know we got in here you got your paintings and stuff you're not supposed to be here so you know we got to figure out what we're doing here <laughs> and i'm like okay i'll just sit back down then chill you let me know i'm right here <laughs> they let me sit up the third day this guy happened to come back from his vacation and just got reprimanded big time. Every day I went into the metro entrance, I'd have to call in. That day he got on the phone and said, I don't know what you're doing in here. It's just supposed to be the paintings. And I'm like, whoa, Jeremy Cuthbertson. Ooh, he was not happy with me. I come in, get all set up and everything. He comes back out and he's like, there's the original paperwork. See, just the paintings. Not you. you can stay here the rest of the day, but then that's it. It's just the paintings. But dude, it had already like the first day went down and second day, like people were bringing me coffee and donuts and thanking me for being there and everything. Like it went over 10 times better than I ever thought it would have. Oh man. And people kept stopping by and they'd be like, what are you trying to sell the paintings? And what's going on? No, no, no. I just want to give you guys something else to look at. You know, I'm here working on the painting. I'll be working on it until I'm done. And they're like, how did you get in here? I'm like, well, building management. Well, <laughs> the, uh, the second week was different. All of a sudden, all those people that I told, including some two-star generals, went in and were like, dude, you guys are awesome. Thanks for getting this guy in here, man. I'm going to you know, recommend you guys for you know, all kinds uh -huh. of you know, uh, rewards and shit, you know? So that following week, I was like the prince of the Pentagon. They called me the resident <laughs> artist of the Pentagon. Hey, check that out. Wow. That's awesome. I ended up going back like seven times. I'm still supposed to put together some kind of program where they have either one or two stations where for a week at a time, you know, like during business hours when most of the people are in the Pentagon, you come in, you sit there, you work on your painting, you got some of your shit around you. Yeah. And dude, it, it, it just, I started there and then I started going to other places, military bases, but then it expanded to police departments, fire departments, courthouse complex, um, city hall. Mm. And then I realized, you know what? I'm basically turning art into a community service in a way because I'm taking art to the people who are, are doing, you know, service to the community. Yeah. And it has much more of an effect when they get to see it happening. You know, when they get to see it developing, as opposed to just bringing in some paintings and just sitting there. When they get to see the artist there and they, when I start, I'm there with a blank canvas, maybe a sketch down, and then I just start painting, you know, there's always an awkward conversation. There always was. I'd, my hometown in, in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, I went to the, the police department. I'm like, hey, you know, I uh, wanted to see about 
working on a painting in here, you know, possibly like that area right over there, that empty area. Is anything ever going, no, no. Now, what, you want to do a mural on the wall? No, 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 no. This is actually a, it's a project that started in the Pentagon. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, you just let me know and we'll get that. Uh, <laughs> do you have a, well, do you have a phone number we can call to, you know, and I'm like, here you go. <laughs> and he, they would call it and they're like, okay, yeah, sure. No problem, man. Just get you set up in here. And they didn't know, they would never understand exactly what I was talking about until once I was there. So once I was there, they're like, oh my God, you're going to, are you going to, are you going to be here later? And can I see this? Like when you're done, like, yeah, I'm going to be here all week until I am done with it. Well, that kind of, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, James. I was saying that that, that kind of like was teacher's previous art career before he became a street artist. <laughs> before uh, it became a vandal. Yeah. I mean, but, but you know, uh, it's like kind of like public. Got arrested and spent the night in jail. <laughs> yeah. Pu <laughs> public Cheers. art and community service you know what i mean things like that so you know i connected with teacher when um he became a uh street artist actually i think like in 2010 11 they were taking budget cuts from um the uh education right and in in california so basically teacher started doing some graffiti and he started doing uh the teacher moniker and you came up with that around 2011 right teach yeah, actually, it was 2000, the end of 2010. Okay. And um, yeah, dude, I, I came out, I moved out to, to California and didn't like the way they do the propositions out here with voting. It's like they, they take a, a thing and then they shove in some, and it's like you got to fuck one thing in order to get something else. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, and I, when I first came out here, I saw some graffiti. I'm like, man, I want to do that, but I couldn't think of anything. So when this came up, I'm like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do graffiti, but I'm going to use it as an activism. And since my wife was the one that showed me the article in the newspaper, she's from Europe. She's amazing. Very, very intelligent. Um, you know, kind of blaming it on her. So she's like, yeah, okay, I'll support you. And uh, like I said, when I, when I did get arrested, she came and bailed me out. So, well, I uh, But it was, yeah. yeah. Right. It was right around then that James did a uh, – his uh, guys got in touch with me and, and asked if uh, – be down to let them do a uh, an interview they're putting together some interviews but for, yeah, for la street art gallery all right so hold on so hold on teacher because yeah. now at this point uh before we get too deep into la street gallery i do want to know james how you got you how you got all wrapped up in this because uh yeah. so that cush job what was it I was a pharmaceutical Ooh, yeah. sales rep, man. A pharmaceutical sales rep. A drug guy. dealer yeah. like yeah you're okay a technically that's yeah. a drug dealer no, you where know, i come you know. from I always say, like, uh, have you seen that movie Love and Other Drugs with Jake Gyllenhaal? Well, I know the rest of this because I heard your, I heard a previous interview. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I hate to be repetitive, and I don't no, want to say okay. the same thing in every no. interview, but it does lead up to how L.A. Street Gallery got started. Okay. Basically, you know, um, I, I, I basically was always a DJ since college, man, and then I had this job where I basically had to deliver drugs to different doctors, man, and it was in the Melrose area, and you know, all the street art started popping up. So I started taking pictures of it and we started, I noticed that there was like no community, um, even though there was a bunch of these artists, right? There was like a, uh, not really a hub where um, artists can kind of get together and talk. So we just started this page called LA Street Art Gallery on Facebook. And then- uh, Not the posting. name. Yeah, That's, yeah. I mean, like no one had the name. I, I, thought that, I thought that was incredible when I first started, when I first started listening to your podcast and and, and uh, I heard I heard teacher mention that in one of the one of the conversations that LA Street Gallery was just there for the taking. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I was just like, wait, wait, it's here for the taking. And the <laughs> whole thing is like there's a movement and LA is like one of the hubs. Like, what the fuck, you know? And then right. so um, at that point in time, I was like, you know what? I, 
honestly, for uh, the you know being a pharmaceutical rep, it was it's a nice cush job for like a housewife, man. Like you know, you go in, you drop off. <laughs> you, you drop off Calling yourself drugs. a housewife? <laughs> oh well, that, that's why I had to get out of there, man. Like straight up, my job. We all like, have dreams. We all have dreams. Yeah, I mean, we I had to cater. I had to cater lunches for like doctors' offices. Get to know the front desk ladies, you know chatted up with them and then so you can get like two minutes in the hallway with the doctor basically and then all you're saying is like my drug i was selling a, a high blood pressure medication called um uh, a darby and also some acid reflux nothing fun you know nothing fun right. like boner pills no blue or, pills for you no 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 adderall <laughs> no boner pills or anything like that you know i mean not, not, nothing like that but you know you can stand the hallway and basically you're just like hey doctor what's up my drug's named this you're kind of just reminding them to prescribe right so to be honest i understood the system I, I, at that time i was like man i hear that healthcare cost you give them a little bit for free you know here's yeah. some little tasters well, also i heard guys. that healthcare cost was like going up all the time and i'm like dude i'm just sitting here like literally doing nothing every single day but catering lunches and like saying hi to the doctor and saying my drug name i just felt really useless you know and i realized i was like man like I thought like you if you have the money and you have like a nice job and you can kind of relax like you'd be happy right you know but <clears throat> not I wasn't happy because uh um at nighttime I was moonlighting still as a DJ you know and I I just DJ at clubs and stuff like that and I'd sunk all my passion into that and I would just mm. do this mindless job of delivering drugs every single day to the doctors and my highlight was taking pictures of street art along the way of different offices basically you know, so um, so it kind of leads into the story of how I met Teacher, actually. So during that period of time, we kind of chose a few artists. He's like one incident away from being a, a serial killer. <laughs> I'm killing. I'm, I'm killing. Kidding. kidding. Hey, you are. <laughs> and then so uh, at that time, you know, we picked a few artists that I felt like had um, some pretty like uh, good messages out there. And I feel like would be in the scene for a long time because, you know, people jump in and out of street art all yeah. the time. They, they think of a sticker and they're like, oh, I'm going to be the fucking greatest i'm gonna be shepherd fairy man this sticker is gonna be the shit you know what i mean and you know they 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 do one run they do it all and then they give it to their friends and then they kind of fall off you know what i mean yeah. we all know those people right yeah so um we picked a few artists and kind of just followed them along and it's almost been um 10 years now since we've been doing that and uh you know it's just great to still have these uh artists it has been 10 years it's 2021 dude well, actually, officially, it's going to be uh, March, actually, that, that um, we, we started this whole thing. You, you know what I mean? So it hasn't yet, but uh, very close, you know. If it wasn't for the pandemic. Next month, excuse me. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm sure we'd be throwing some, uh, 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 you know, party of some sort to kind of, like, gather everybody. Cause we no, have no, no, no. Yeah, we can't do that, though, because we're Not in California. Yet. Yeah, so. I mean, the thing is, like, you know, for my music stuff, man, I've always kind of just, like, worked on it. Uh, on the uh, side as well too. And after I quit my uh, pharmaceutical job, you know, I just started working on LA Street Gallery of Music, man. Teacher just put on a, uh, uh, a mask um, of some sort. Yeah, yeah we, don't, we don't have a video component at the moment. We'll just be, we'll I'm, be on- I'm COVID safe now. You can guys, well, you guys can, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Well, if you're listening I'm, to this I'm podcast, good. you can go to our YouTube page, uh, youtube.com slash Gallery, and you can check out this episode on video, man, because, uh, you know, you can also check out some of the old videos that we've had on there from like 10 years ago. Like you can check out the video of when we first interviewed teacher. This guy was a young man, dude. You know what I mean? He, he, he had like Fuck children. You, dude. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, dude, you could just watch him. Okay. Like, so I had more hair. I did have more hair. Okay. You know, and, I mean, so. So, well, we always yeah, joke about was, that. Uh, 
a lot less gray. Too. Yeah, man. That's I mean, true. at the end of the day, I just felt like See, some of my hair just fell off. Then look at that. See, it just <laughs> nice haircut, by the way. You didn't stay. You didn't keep the uh, the fucking mullet. No, it was no. <laughs> so, so James, just uh, just uh, I get I guess to close up the the part of of you DJing, um, are, you're still currently DJing though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I'm from California. I'm from Los Angeles. I'm born, uh, it, you know, Monterey Park, San Gabriel Valley, if you know the local neighborhoods, man. And, <clears throat> you know, the thing about L.A. is everybody, at least before, everybody comes here for like, oh, I'm trying to make it. You know, I want to make it as a DJ. I want to make it as an artist. I want to make it as a music producer or something like that. And actually, there's like a lot of talented people here locally, too. And sometimes we just kind of like do the local L.A. scene, man. And okay. The cool thing about street art is that it allows us to connect with people like you guys on the East Coast. It allows us to go to uh, <clears throat> Europe and then immediately have like friends. Uh, uh, you know, it's like a brotherhood of people, man. And, yeah. you know, it's of artists and creatives. So it's just like I found myself that, you know, I don't really uh, understand how the music industry works, to be honest. You, you know mm. what I mean? Maybe I'm not like good looking enough or something. Maybe I'm, you, you know, what I mean, maybe I need to actually be from. <laughs> fucking asia and be imported into the music industry but you know i'm plugging away at you know working on music all the time and uh right. you know I've, I've been working uh i used to like uh, work for a pretty well-known uh uk dj as a producer as well too okay. for their radio show so like i said i've just been all around creative and the reason i quit my quote-unquote cush job man is because you know i just want to tell people it's like if you're slaving away at your mindless job man and just for a paycheck man you're a fucking whore, dude. So quit that shit and do what you're passionate about, you know? Unless you have kids and you need to support, then oh, it's different. hold it in. Don't have in. kids. <laughs> yeah. If you don't have kids, go for it. Seriously. If you, if you don't have anything holding you back um, but yourself, then, uh, yeah, uh, if you had some uh, dreams and aspirations, uh, fucking uh, go for them. Definitely. Are you guys married? As, uh, what? Are you guys married? Oh yeah, I'm married yeah, with a kid with a kid, yeah. Oh, oh okay. but I'm not married to yes. Jay though. Uh, no, 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 no. We're not That's married to each other. That's what I was like, dude. Okay. Um, okay, no, you know what? Elaborate it's funny, on that. man. It's funny. No, I'm like didn't strike me that way <laughs> at all. He's a great oh, well, guy. He's but not, he's great, not yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no, well, we're married I'm just, to I, opposite I, people. <laughs> I'm actually in the minority, I guess, then like uh you you know, I almost got married one time, man. But uh you know I was the missile. <laughs> but the, cool thing, the cool thing is like you know what um like i didn't and i have happiness and time <laughs> there you to, go like, to, like do shit so anyways the pandemic has been pretty chill for me you know what i mean just like i, I social distance and isolate myself anyways because i'm not married at oh you know what the, the the um the podcast has been really kind of a savior during the the pandemic as far as giving us you know, not only something to do, but just outreach and, and, and talking to other people and stuff. Um, we kind of obsessed on it and did like, I don't know, was it three or four times the number of podcasts? Yeah, we used to do it. What are you doing? Nothing, man. Okay, you want to do another one? Okay, let's do another one. <laughs> yeah, we used to get together on the weekends or like, uh, you know, if we, um, you know, have some time. And the thing is, like, the good thing about uh, the pandemic is that most people, aren't doing anything nowadays right yeah. and it doesn't take too much uh, out of their time to do a, like an hour zoom conference and thing is like actually it's like we did like triple the amount of episodes we did the first two seasons um <clears throat> in the third uh season because there's just so much time we already had a built-in audience uh 
before the pandemic started, you, you know, to start uh, yeah. listening. So a lot of people wanted to come on. So we're just like, hey, uh, we, we got time, you know, to come on. So we kind of limited it to a week that we were doing um, when we would sometimes only do two a month before, you know. So right. um, the cool thing. And you know what? This is this is like a therapeutic thing for us. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? Like uh, you, you wonder like why why do guys do podcasts like this and and um, you know if we don't have like big sponsors right away, how do we keep going with it or whatever? It's because it's like a neuroplasticity type of a thing. You know, we're 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 we enjoy. Um, having conversations and, and giving people an opportunity to get art to know artists in a different way and in a different medium. And when you do something like that for somebody and you're not expecting anything at all in return, um, man, it's just like a, not only a mental, but a physical well-being that comes with it as well. Um, and I told James, I'm like, dude, I don't care, you know, what the fuck happens with, you know, if we get a like huge sponsors or whatever, um, I can do this till the day I die. You know, like when maybe not till the day I die, I want to get old and shit. People are like, dude, you're fucking up. You got the dementia's really fucking with the whole show. Okay. You like repeat yourself three times and it's, it doesn't work anymore. Okay. Just teach it. Okay. You know, um, when James first asked me, um, it was, uh, you know, years ago. And, and I, you know, I remember, yeah, yeah, I'd like to do that. That'd be good. You know, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, man, I ain't got fucking time to do that. I don't know. And then uh, and also, also, the other thing that was in the back of my mind was I remember at that time he had asked me, I had done um, a, a podcast not long before, and uh, it was you know about an hour long, 45 minutes or something like that. And I just remember I had said like a ton. I had told a bunch of stories and everything, and then I glanced over, and it had only been 10 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, dude, how are we going to fill an hour, like, night after, well, you know, like, show after show after show? You missed one part, Teach. Like, a lot of times, Teach would have art shows, and he would ask me, hey, I need a DJ to kind of, like, DJ the art show. Mm. Can you just come by and, like, kind of, like, be some sort of entertainment for people when people come in and things like that, right? So I, I had done that for him for two shows, and then whenever, uh, like, I would have the show with him, I was like, oh, dude, like, Teach, I love his art. We always have a great conversation, actually. I, and then um, sometimes I chat with him on the phone about the setup of the uh, the art show. And then we would kind of get carried away and talking about random shit. And then uh, I was like, dude, we can definitely I, mm -hmm. I can definitely yeah. do a podcast with this guy. I was looking for somebody to do a podcast. with. And Matt, it, believe it or not, I actually had the idea of doing the podcast back in 2011 when we started. But the thing is, like, uh, we had we had to resort to interviews, actually, because I mean, People don't really want to talk to you for an hour. Yeah, like, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. Exactly, an open door policy. They're like, right. and oh, why are you on? Okay, here I come. People, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially if like, they don't know who you are, right? You know what yeah. I mean? And after like 10 years, people establish, okay, like, Elliot Shark Gallery, we know them. We know they're not cops. We, we know their, mm -hmm. their, <laughs> what, what their motivation is, right? We know that fucking asshole teacher got arrested, so he's all right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and things like, you know, for us, and talking about sponsors and things like that, we actually want to bring this up because we actually have a new paint line coming out. It's called uh, Ghost Spray Paint. Okay. And the thing is, like, it's actually, you turn this around and it's the OG spray paint. Okay. Ah, hey. uh, there you go. Right. And it's actually made by, um, it's made by Seymour uh, Spray Paint, which is actually the inventor of spray paint. Edward Seymour, he's actually the OG inventor of spray paint in 1947, actually. So before you got to wow. think about this, okay. before, before that, there was no like spray paint going on. You, you know what I mean? People were just like, right. maybe like drawing on the wall with paintbrush, right? Technology didn't really allow that. So we actually went to the original 
uh, founder of spray paint, which is one of my customers actually. And then they did literally the OG and they did a private label for us. So, uh, follow go spray paint on, uh, Instagram and then you'll, uh, we're going to be giving out some cans and having some Whoa. events and things Whoa. like that. James, when is that? Hey, what were they spray painting in 1947? Like the side of malt shops? Like what were they? Well, well <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually everything, you know, <laughs> anything and everything that can be sprayed. You know about, um, <laughs> do you know about, uh, food? I mean, um, Boo is here. I, I yeah. only knew about it from from you guys talking about it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. let me let me bring it up too. Uh, basically, in the trenches, okay, of uh, during the World War during the World War, Australians basically, uh, do I, I you gotta let, let me share the screen or else I won't be able to bring it up. Jay, do we uh, do that? Uh, give me a second. Let me. I got you. For anyone listening on a podcast, we'll 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 figure out it, like again, like uh like James the teacher said, whatever you can't see in the podcast, head over to their YouTube channel and, and you'll yeah. be able to catch it. YouTube.com I didn't know our gallery. I, I totally forgot this would be on YouTube. I didn't even I would have got my makeup done. I would have cleaned <laughs> up. <laughs> no worries. Well, I combed your beard, dude. You look fine. You look great. I got yeah. beard in me. Oh, there it I is. try okay. to grow a beard like that. I look I look, you know, like, like fucking deliverance. There's two images that are kind of like the original graffiti images. Boo was here or Kilroy was here, basically. I, I'm sure you guys have kind of seen Yeah, it. we know those. I know yeah, those. Right. I've seen it before. Yeah. yeah, this is this is happening, uh, you know, post-war, maybe a Korean war and things like that. Or some of, There's Australian graffiti. Sometimes it says World War One. I'm like, I don't know about that because spray paint wasn't even invented. There. But they could have been drawing it on the walls. So you, you sure. Know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> right. So. It's just a pretty interesting story. And for us, man, I just feel like uh, me as a DJ, I've always just loved underground culture, man. I go to underground raves. I DJ underground raves. That's where I feel at home, man. I want to go into a fucking shady ass area with graffiti on the wall and then find a dope ass party like where I find me some friends. seedy things, you know? You know yeah, it's very, uh, very European. Well, like no, going I mean, into places in Europe, they're kind of like that. They're very... That's true, but I have been yeah. to places in Brooklyn too, man. I've, oh, I've true. Gone, very I've true. Gone to, uh, I've, I've gone to some dope ass like uh, uh, raves in in uh, um, you know Brooklyn, New York, and things like that, man. And the vibe there is just super cool, man. I love like mm-hmm. when you go to raves in New York. People are always up with their fashion, man. Like you know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like for 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 West Coast people, man. I feel like everybody's just there in like jeans and t-shirt. But you know, in New York, sometimes it's cold outside. You got to get your nice jackets on. You got to get your kicks, boots on. You, you know what I mean? So like, just go there and check out some cool New York fashion sometimes too. That's a, that's actually a perfect segue. Thank you for that. Uh, I feel like I paid you to to do that. <laughs> um, here because <laughs> because you know every episode that we do. Uh, here has has a name, and the name of this episode we decided was West Coast. Mm. Uh, we like to you know, we like to focus on a different topic, and obviously, where with you guys coming from the West Coast, it was a no brainer, right? Uh, so, what we wanted to really do was explore the effect uh, the region of that region on art forms. So, James, I guess you can start. Can you tell us uh, what Cali has done for you and your career? Like, how's mm. you know what's well, the what's the effect? Yeah, well, you know, I'm born here, man. So first of all, it's home, you know, and second of all, uh, I, I always see it like this, like New York, it's a walking city, you know, LA, it's like so much more massive because we got to drive in terms of like longer distances, you know, and then uh, I always just feel like all these like 
LA streets, man. There's just like so much cool culture going on. You, you know, it's LA is inspired by the streets. If you think about it, um, you know, just the West Coast hip hop, man. You, you know, before that, LA, the LA sound in the 80s was the Sunset Strip, man. Okay, yeah. we're talking hair metal. And before that, in the 70s, it was like the Eagles were the LA sound, you know? And then before that was surf rock. So it wasn't until like the late 80s and the 90s, and because of all the rioting and all the kind of bullshit going on in the inner cities, man, that hip hop and this just this gangster flavor just overtook Los Angeles, man. So it seeps into everything that we do. It comes into our music. It goes into our graffiti. It goes into with the way we dress, man. And uh, it's just very inspired by kind of like hood culture, man. So uh, for Cali, for me, it's just like, I know, uh, you know, I grew up here and, um, you, you know, I know the neighborhoods that I, I, I basically I'm familiar with and there's just different boroughs. It's very segregated, you know, so we get kind of like a spectrum of the entire world, just like you guys do get in New York. But we are a little bit more segregated. You can't just walk down the streets of Chinatown to get some good yeah. Chinese food. You might have to drive like fucking 45 minutes in traffic. You, you know what I mean? Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, anytime I've been to LA, it's like, oh, that's that's only uh you know five miles away, and it takes like thirty minutes. Oh, that's only three blocks away. It takes thirty minutes. Like, can I ask you what? I, I think I got from? I got stuck in traffic one time during a, an award show, and I think that oh. was the worst. I was oh, yeah. I was in traffic for like two and a half hours. Oof. <laughs> you know the thing is, like most people when they come to visit LA, if you're if you know about LA, I mean, you probably only go past a certain freeway, like a 110 or something like that. But actually all the people who are uh, in transplants, they, they move like closer to downtown. All the people that grew up and that considers themselves LA, that goes all the way like an hour east of central, downtown LA. And you'll, people will still say, I'm from LA. You, you know, even if, they're, <laughs> even if they're from like San Bernardino sometimes, which is Riverside County, which is closer to the desert already. They'll, if, they're, if they're somewhere else in the world, if they're from New York, they ask where you're from they're probably say la you know what I mean? <laughs> right just because it's closer you know so yeah. can i ask you guys what boroughs are you from i'm originally from manhattan oh, okay. Nice, nice, manhattan. Nice. okay yeah not me i'm i've always been a, sub- a suburbs boy i grew up on long island so I- i've never actually lived in new york city okay dude i feel like yeah, people island- people from long island those, those are the ones when they go other places they go yeah, yeah i'm from new york city never <laughs> That's the same, <laughs> same exact thing. It's the same That's, thing. It's, it's the, the same, same thing. thing. It's the same <laughs> thing. Yeah. Like, Those are desert people. For us, for us. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. For us, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, it's LA County, right? I don't know how your counties work, but like Los Angeles County pretty much goes like, I would say an hour uh, east of the coast. I mean, sorry, an hour east into the coast. You know, you'll still be part of LA County. So, I mean, you, you technically are still from LA right so mm-hmm. there, there you go like how, how are there counties like it's different counties in in Long Island outside of New York City so outside, outside of New York City, City yeah. it's all counties yeah so like on Long Island it's Nassau County and Suffolk County okay. uh, so I, I live in Nassau County but yeah the okay. boroughs are their own into you know their own independence and then once you leave then you get to you get to uh, Westchester is a county and then so on and so mm-hmm. forth like we build up out into state is it true that people like kind of like they go to New York City to start working and then when they want to have families, they settle down in Long Island? At least that's what I learned from friends, man. I'm just saying. No, I'm, I moved I, to Jersey. I didn't go in that direction. I think that's an old thing, but but not not wrong. Uh, probably, but an older mindset, though, like from generations past. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, see. No, most, I mean, it's still, I mean, for the most part, most people will, uh, you know, 
if they move to the city or they're from the city, be here in their, their 20s, maybe part of their 30s. But once you start a family, there's a large segregation that'll move outside of the city. Or if you have money in your pocket, a lot of them, you'll see them gravitate toward, you know, the wealthier areas of Brooklyn now and okay. things like that. So Brooklyn has become a very like young hipster family. Uh, what, about, what, what about like upstate, man? Do you like, how do, how do the, the city people view, is it the same as like the Long Island people? Like, um, or upstate New York is like a little bit different. So well, everything, everything past the Bronx is, is, is Canada. So <laughs> anything as Canada. Uh, so I, I think, I, I think, uh, what happens is it, it, it takes a while. It's like a gradual, uh, experience for it, for you to leave that city mindset. So going up into Yonkers, going up into Westchester, but then upstate New York and West New York are, they consider themselves two different things as well. Um, mm. so, uh, I don't, to say upstate New York, I mean, you know, I, I guess towards the playoffs, we all became, we all became Bills fans because it was our last, <laughs> you know what I mean? So everybody's trying to hold on to something, New York. Are, are um, you guys football fans? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, you know, I'm a casual fan, man. My team is the Raiders, man. They, they were here when I was a kid, but you know, they're, they're coming back. You know, we got that new stadium in New York. It, it's going to be cool. But how you guys feel about? The Super Bowl, man. I mean, you guys got new uh, I'm a 49ers fan, so. Okay, okay. <laughs> hey, like, you know what? When I was a kid, I, I loved Joe, watching Joe Montana play, too. So yeah, I, of course. I man, have a of soft course. spot for uh, uh, <laughs> the Niners, even though I'm a Raider fan, you know. Like, I'll yeah, go to a yeah, Niner yeah. game, man. But I, I, before, in the black hole, man, I, will go, I won't go to the black hole, man, to go to a Raider yeah. game. Fuck that. Well, I'm a, I'm a 49ers fan, and I'm a whatever <laughs> team is playing against Tom Brady fan. So that's why I am for the Super Bowl. I guess we know who he's going for. I think the Super Bowl is going to be awesome. Uh, I, I, definitely, I definitely have this argument all the time that sometimes the conference championships are better than the Super Bowl because by the time those two teams meet, it may not be the best from both, both conferences. But um, mm-hmm. this one in particular, I think, I think we're going to see something epic. So I'm ready well, for it. Well, check this out, man. I always say, like, you know, Tom Brady, man. People always say, like, ah, oh, dude, that guy fucking has everything in life. That guy's dating Giselle. He fucking has, like, six Super Bowl rigs, man. When does this guy fucking have, have enough, right? You know what I mean? But people... He's a genetic about- freak. People don't understand that How do you feel genetics- about it, Peach? How do you, how do you What's that? About- the- how do you feel about Tom Brady? I'm just curious, like... We never I'm talk- stoked, man. I think he's inspiring a lot of, uh, you know, guys that are getting concerned and getting old, not able to produce much anymore. You know, I mean, <laughs> fucking A, man. You, you go from a number one team to the absolute last team, Worst team and bring yeah, him into yeah. the fucking Super Bowl. It doesn't, you can't really go much further, higher, you know, than that. <laughs> so, but he's saying that he's okay with playing past 45 yeah. from what yep. I understand. So he did say that. Wait till he gets to be my age. Okay, let's see how he's walking around. Let's see how them. But you know what? By that time, they could have some kind of stem cell research injection thing or whatever. The that CRISPR, you get. It's man. like a brand new knee or hip or whatever. You're like, there we go. I'm 55, man. <laughs> he's going to have, cy- have cyborg legs like uh, Darth Maul. He'll be out there playing. <laughs> I like that. He's man. good. He's a, I'm like, yeah. Obviously, he's a great fucking quarterback. He's yeah. not going out past his time. You know what I mean? They're not yeah. people saying, "Hey, man, look, like, like your, your your team is like, you know, you're not dead last, but you're not. I mean, he's fucking number one. So yeah. as long I- as you're close to number one and you dig doing it, fucking go for it, man. Just just be ready. Just be ready for that 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 either handful of fucking pain pills or or CBDs or whatever you're gonna be doing because there's <laughs> the pain is coming. Mm. The pain the is coming. Tom Brady that <laughs> I always respected, man, is people always feel like this guy is like 
he has everything in life. But think about this, man. When he got drafted, he was like a six-round draft pick, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy was sitting on the fucking bench like, fuck, nobody wants me. God damn it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's that's why I, like, you know, like – he, he, oh, he did so well. He got pissed off. I was like, I'm going to show you motherfuckers. You know, you know Sixth I mean? round? Yeah. <laughs> to me, that's a, like a comeback story. If, if you look at it from that point of view, you, you know what yeah. I mean? He, like he, he hasn't. And, you know, I, I, like for me, for myself, like I went through puberty pretty late, man. So I was always like a catch up guy. You, you know what I mean? I'm always <laughs> I was like the smallest fucking guy. All my friends are fucking taller than me, dude. You know what <laughs> I mean? And so like I understand, like, first of all, being picked last and shit like that, you know, and second of all, it's just like coming back from the behind and then like kind of like working your way because at the end of the day it's a long journey right and uh you know so that, i do respect him about that but goddamn dude he's very hateable he, you know you know what i mean it's like <laughs> but go ahead and he doesn't care if you hate him i mean come on no, he doesn't give oh shit. yeah i love that video of him and gronk man this the second video dude that oh. they they, they redid the, the P. Diddy Bad Boys for Life thing. I was <laughs> like, <laughs> I had that face just stuck in my fucking head. I was like, this motherfucker, dude. But <laughs> what can you say, man? What can you say? You, you know what I mean? But <laughs> All right, let's come back around here, teacher. But yeah, let's circle. Oh. But I don't know how we got to Tom Brady. <laughs> and I'm going to have to re-listen to this episode to figure out <laughs> how we, we got do. that That's far down the rabbit hole. Sorry. But Sorry. no, 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 no. It's, no, it's amazing. Like, it's organic conversation. Anything else now? Anything else? No, but we're going to – Anything gonna, other than this. No, but let's circle back on – Let's circle back on you then, and why don't you kind of dive in, and maybe we'll end up on LeBron. Why don't you dive in and tell us um, how you know the West Coast has influenced your art? The uh, the West Coast um, kicked me in the balls uh, really hard, and then when I was bent over holding my nuts, it fucking put its full foot right up into my ass. Um, as far as art goes, like um, you know, I thought I was some kind of shit, and um, Actually, I, I, art and volleyball started with volleyball. That was the first humbling. Like I was some kind of shit in Florida, you know, because I'm I'm six three and I can jump pretty fucking high for a white guy, and um, I was pretty good in Florida, you know, and thought I was going to come out here to California, maybe take a year or so to get my AAA, you know, and start picking up some partners, start playing some professional two man beach volleyball. Mm. <laughs> Man, uh, yeah. Um, just to give you a, a quick story to give you an example of how humbling it started was um, like my first time playing down at the Santa Monica Pier. Okay. It's the only area where you can come and sign up and play. Otherwise you have to know somebody, you have to be, you know, going down there with someone, you know, reserved courts and shit. So anyone can go there. My friend of mine showed me there. I go, I sign up, wait my fucking turn. Everyone's taking forever. because It's a fucking West coast. Um, where I came from, you play games to 11, next game's ready to go, boom, boom, boom. Here, games to 15, then they start warming up for the next game. It's like, come on. I pick up some dude, little muscle guy, and, you know, he's pretty good, and I'm, like, thinking, okay, I'm watching the other guys. I'm like, okay. Tell him, like, look, man, let's take it easy. First game was against a couple of old guys. Um, <laughs> one guy was 73 years old, and the other guy was 58. Okay, at the time, I'm 30 years old, 31, maybe. And I remember telling my buddy, hey, dude, let's take it easy. You know, let's not get – Spend, spend too much energy this game because, you know, if you win, you hold court. You know, I wanted to hold court for a little while, get some good games in. <laughs> well, little did I know that that was Bobby Barber and Al Luber, who are in the California Beach Volleyball Hall of Fame um, <laughs> for winning the most uh, games together. Okay. Little bitty guys, 
you know, and here I'm this big hulking dude with a high jump and I'm bouncing the ball out of the, you know, off the sand and everything. And they whipped us 15 to six. And, oh, um, and the game was over before I even realized what the fuck was going on. I, I remember I had Chuck gave me a beautiful set. I went up and I was going to just bury the ball. And the old man was right where I was going to be burying. And I'm like, Oh, I don't want to be known as the guy that, you know, hurt the old man. There he is, Bobby Barber. Um, that guy. and, uh, that's it. Um, okay. And so I try to shoot it over his head. And he sticks his little knuckle up and goes, Dink! and goes, ah, ah, and, and pops the ball straight up. He's running over to the net and his partner gives him this little low set, you know, it's not high or anything. And I'm thinking, okay, he's, he's probably just going to barely go over the net here. And he goes, that same little knuckle, he goes, Doink! and pops that thing right over my head. It's this close to the back line. I'm 15 feet away diving. I'm like, you know, okay. All right. So I'm going to, next pass that I got, and he was in my line of fire. I'm like, Okay, I'm gonna knock him down at least. I'm not gonna kill him, but I'm gonna you know put some put some mustard on this thing and just boom. And it looked like he was waving hi to somebody walking by, just this very smooth dig, over you know, huh. overhead dig like this. That ball was just barely down on his face. He goes poof, and the same height as he when he knuckled that thing, and he took that same little run, and he they were giggling the whole fucking time because they <laughs> they're out there, you know, here's this big boom. Killing the fucking ball in there and just trying to run around going, ew, ha, making a shot right over there in the corner. You're going to tuck it right back over here. No, I'm going to put a rave out in the deep corner now. And, you know, same thing with this. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to cover my back line, motherfucker. I'm going to stand right in the middle this time. And this time he gets that same little knuckle up there and just barely touches it. It drops straight fucking down on our side. Next wow. one I got, I wailed on it harder than I could ever hit. It hit that far out. Next thing I know, the game was over. <laughs> and I'm like thinking, man, fuck the, fuck this, you know, professional two-man volleyball beach shit. This <laughs> 73-year-old man and 58-year-old man just cleaned my fucking clock, <laughs> you know. Um, afterwards, he comes over. He's like, hey, you know, you're pretty good. You know, you should uh, work out with my son. You know, he's a pretty good uh, coach. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever, old man. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that's what I, I didn't say that. I, that's what I was thinking. Right. And I ended up meeting his son finally who actually is – one of the top volleyball coaches in the fucking world. Like all the, all the big two man beach volleyball players you can ever think of. I remember going over to his place the first time I walk in, he's like, I'll be out in a minute. And then I looked up on the wall. I'm like, Oh, fuck. Oh, Oh, Oh. And okay. Wow. He's the best. He's the best. And here I am. I, his, his dad beat me. No wonder he beat me. Cause his <laughs> son's the fucking, everyone's the best out here. And I just, I never could get a good partner. So luckily, I say luckily because if I would have been better at volleyball, my body would have been a wreck. Mm. It's already a little bit of a wreck now because of like 25 years on and off of playing volleyball. But um, art, as far as art goes, you know, it was the same thing. I came out here thinking, hey, you know, I'm going to go an artist, you know, I'm going to go down to a gallery, give me a gallery. And they're like, who are you? Mm -hmm. Mm. Well, I see you're still living and we only work with dead artist so that was one of the one of the, i swear to god one of the galleries you know it's like sounds right sure they appreciate living. that i'm sure those dead artists appreciate that you know you know you guys, you guys in new york probably have that a lot of people too like uh uh going to the big city to to, to make it as a xyz yeah right you, you know what i mean like yeah, absolutely. um I, i'm just wondering like do you feel like the success because here's the thing about new york i feel like there is a culture of like you can be a New York poet and there's a history of New York poets all the way, like from the 1800s. That's kind of like hung out in New York city. And you're kind of like living 
that life. So New York is in a sense of the world in that little small community, you know, but people come to LA and they try to make it in Hollywood In Hollywood. It's like fucking brutal, obviously. And it's like a lot of people, you know, they end up like leaving. I'm just wondering. They, there's Dude, not, it's like, brutal in the streets also. Well, yeah. They, oh, just yeah. to, just to finish up with that. So, um, you know, I come out here and try to get in some art galleries and like, you know, who the fuck are you? And so then I, you know, I saw the graffiti and I'm like, man, I want to do something, but I couldn't think of anything. You know, and then uh, in 2010, when they started making cuts in the education budget, my wife shows me the article in the newspaper, and I'm like, that's what I'm going to start doing. All kinds of images started coming up. And here's the funny part. You know, like, um, there was a, a blog going along at the time called Merrill's and Fairfax uh, blogspot.com. And that's how I originally started becoming, you know, knowledgeable of other artists' work and everything. And the, the interesting thing about this was you could leave an anonymous comment which doesn't sound like a big of a deal, but what it allows you to do is to just rip someone a new asshole about their work and they don't even know who you are. Right. Which was the part where after I has been over and kicked in the balls with, with volleyball, here came the, the boot in the ass straight up in my ass is like, you know, I've been, you know, cuddled and, and no, oh, you're such a good artist. You draw nice things, you know, all up until that point, all of a sudden, here I see my artwork and some dude, you know, coming down with what this teacher, teacher needs to fucking learn a lesson about this, that, and the other. And I'm like going, oh. Mm, well, that, that's the street art game, man. And especially Damn. during that period of time, like graffiti Bitch. artists were uh, way more hostile. Vicious. Towards, you know, like. Vicious. Well, they were, given artists, the, right? they were given the forum. They were given the forum. You, you, you open up, you put some artwork up there, and you allow people to say whatever the fuck they want without even having to let them people know who they are. But you know what, though? I finally, um, you know, got a thick skin, you know, calloused up and everything and realized that, you know what, I actually got some good ideas from some of what these guys were giving me shit about, you know, when mm. I'd see some people hating on my shit and they're like, oh, you know what, that gives me an idea because he's not seeing it the way I wanted to. And if I would have done this, then, ah, oh, thank you. Thank you, asshole. So yeah. when you can start looking at it like that, which is what I finally eventually did, um, then that's when you start becoming a man or becoming a grown-up, I should say, when you become a man or when you're masculine, you know, racist, whatever. Um, <laughs> that's when you become like a grown-up and, and, and about your artwork and about the, the whole situation, you know, because I then you start looking at, well, if, are you doing this because why? If you get someone upset, you know, what, what are you trying to accomplish, you know? And you start looking at things that way. And then it's like, well, if you're pissing some people off, you're at least getting across to somebody. You're making some people think. You know, so I think to tie it all back together about how the West Coast basically has affected all of us is that there's just so many different elements of different cultures coming together in Los Angeles, just like New York. You know what I mean? There's like all these proving ground, just like New York. It's a proving ground. Yeah. And then I think that, um, you know, at the end of the day, what I was trying to say is like whether it's like these, uh, you know, gangster elements, whether it's the sunshine, whether it's just the street, you know, whether it's different artists coming together, you know. There are other, you know, LA is like a, kind of like known to be a laid back city, but I would say actually amongst artists is very like brutal and cutthroat too, you, you know, just like in New York. Yeah, actually. it can be. Oh yeah. You, you know, yeah. and, uh, so and I, I, yeah, go ahead. I think, uh, you know, LA, New York, Miami, I think one of the biggest issues with those places is that you're not just competing with people from those areas, right? You're competing with the world because yeah. the world goes to those places to show their art. Right. If you're the world like, is watching, the world is watching. Yeah, if, you're, if you're in the middle of nowhere 
you know, you could probably walk into a gallery and be like, I'm an artist. And they're like, oh, this is great. You're in this 50 people in this town. We're going to put your art up. Um, but you go to LA, you go to Miami, you go to New York, these places. And it's like, well, you know, a lot of these galleries, they have waiting lists of artists from around the world that are waiting in a show. And they're like, well, your art is great. We can put you in for uh, 2035. How does that sound? <laughs> The thing is, like, you know what? And maybe I, I, you'll be dead by then, and it'll be great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the thing is, like, you try know, to die soon, okay? <laughs> try to die soon. Getting that, getting that gallery spot. I mean, like, a lot of people feel like, oh, that's making it, or you know, doing a a show at some place. Like, you know, people think, oh, I'll I'll feel legitimate after I do that, right? You, you know what I mean? A lot of a lot of people like think that way, man. And then you yeah. do the show, and then you're like, wait. I didn't sell much money and I still feel the same way, but I did the show. How come I still don't feel legitimate? Like, you know, you, or for a DJ, like I, I played or I made this song and then a lot of people liked it. And like, uh, you know, it got thousands of fucking views. You know, I always like to ask my creative friends oh, they, when they tell me their plans, I'm like, okay. And then what? And then what? Right. And then mm -hmm. what? Because right. you know what? Teach always teaches me. He's like, dude, as an artist, man, you don't get to, retire man <laughs> you know you just you, i mean you you can you can as an artist as an artist being a you, public artist technically you cannot retire you don't right. retire as an artist mm -hmm. until you're dead <laughs> you know what i mean so that's when your career then, starts and then, and then that's when your career starts so yeah. be, be yeah. prepared be prepared <laughs> no. for that if you're prepared for that if you can take a full-on kick from david beckham and frighten the nutsack and get up and keep walking you're good and David Beckham fine. ain't even from LA, like that. It does something. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I have a uh, yeah. We have we have a follow up question. Uh, just keep we have, there's a few things here that we do, we do want to uh, get across to yeah. all the listeners, you know, because we do want them to take a listen to your podcast. But we have questions of our own. So um, you said podcasting picked up because of the pandemic. That's our same reason for even creating the podcast. Um, how has then, uh, I guess, location played a role in the building of your podcast? And I guess, let me give an example of that uh, in case I'm not clear, is that uh, the internet gives us accessibility to everybody everywhere, right? And so um, have you, in the building of your community, has, uh, has a podcast allowed you to stretch further than you planned? Want to answer, Teach? Yeah, um, basically, you know, we already have uh, our you know, Instagram pages, our YouTube channels, our Facebook pages, and every single artist have their own individual pages, right? Think about yeah. the podcast. It's like, hey, man, let's just take a, a, one of the most recent episodes we've done, Colette Miller, okay? She, had, she does the wings, you know, the beautiful yeah. purple-pink wings. That and now planets. <clears throat> yeah, and yeah, that's true, that uh, everybody takes pictures in front of, right? How many Instagram models have you seen take a picture of it? You know, families yeah. take a picture, of, but nobody actually knows who didn't did the fucking right. art. And it's like, dude, don't you think that somebody who's been around the world and done put these wings up at significant spots for a good message has some insight into life? You, you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah, that was our, that was our actually our first interview. And it's like uh, 120 something episodes later, we wanted to catch up with her too. And we're, we're basically that's, that's the point of the podcast. Like everybody just takes digital art uh, especially on Instagram as disposable. You, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, that's cool. Like it. Okay. And then it made me happy for a split second. And then I just move on, you know? But the thing is like, there's, if you want to actually know about these artists' lives and they all have very interesting lives, it, it takes a very special person 
to put shit up in the streets for 10 years. And, you know, my co-host is one of them basically too, you know, it's like, what's the motivation behind uh, doing this? And also it's just like, what keeps you going, you know? So the podcast really allows us to kind of expand on the artist's personalities instead of just letting their art speak for themselves. While some artists, right, Teach, they, they may not even want to come on the podcast, right? Yeah, and, and uh, it's a it's, it's, uh, shame because it seems like it, a lot of times it's these uh, graffiti artists or street artists who have done amazing things, and some of them feel like they haven't done enough. And it's like the door, the door will always be open to everybody, you know what I mean? Um, but the last, I mean, we don't care if you're you know, just getting started, you know what I mean? Like, um, we try to either find something interesting about who we're um, interviewing, we always do, and at the same time, help to educate them a little bit as well as our audience. Okay. So, yeah, um, we've had, we talked to all sorts of people, man. I mean, we've talked to, like, for example, we decided to open it up because, like, you know what? If we just keep it to, you know, street and graffiti artists, we're going to be limiting ourselves, you yeah. know? And, and, you know, one of our, reasons for doing this is to kind of educate people and open other people's eyes um, because a lot of people don't even know to look for this shit but once you show them once you show them they can't they can't not see it anymore well, you know what same. i mean so sometimes all it takes is just that one little thing is like you know what when you're in an intersection you see that box over there or you see that sign look on the other side of it okay i guarantee you there's always stickers there's something going on there you know and as mm -hmm. soon as you let someone know it's just that simple now they know to look you know, I started doing this, uh, just taking a look at it when a lot of my friends, like we didn't have a lot of like as much money or, uh, things to, you know, money to go do events. And you know what, you can make a day out of just walking down Melrose and like checking out the different street artists, man. You know what I mean? Like talk, you know, maybe do some window shopping cause you don't have any money. And that's what I love about street art, man. And public art. It's not just the murals, man. It's like, okay, you painted a big mural, like to me, that's actually less interesting than the guy that's fucking stuck a sticker like all the way across the country. I'm like, I want to talk to you. Like, why, why are you doing that, man? Like, everybody wants to paint on the big wall, right? Yeah. You know, get their uh, big image on a wall and then, you know, you can see it from a million miles away, right? But the yeah. thing is, like, the OGs of the OGs, like Trevor Ferry, they started off with a sticker, man. Like, I, I knew what Obey was before I even knew about what street art was, man. My, You know, because I would just see the the Andre the Giant shit around. And by the time I actually found out about street art, I realized I thought back on all the times I had seen that. And I was like, oh shit, was it that one dude? Like that was doing yeah, it the right. entire time, right? Mm -hmm. And I would right. say that you start to see like a ghost of the person actually slapping it up there or putting the stencil up there when you see their art, you know? And I, I, that's just something I, I wanna share with people because, um, you know, people always say like, oh, it's really specific, James, like the type of art you like. I'm like, Oh, actually, it's not. It's actually public for everybody. You know what I mean? You just have to kind of like take the time to, to understand the culture a little bit. And, you know, underground culture is always like that. It's like, yeah. why do people like to go raving? Why do people like, uh, you know, underground hip hop that's not on the radio, right? right. You, you know, it's, it has a deeper kind of like meaning to it than the just the general consumption of, oh, it's good. Let me like, it's not fast food. Yeah. And also time. know that it's not all going to be great. There's going to be some shit out there, you know, but it doesn't mean you should stop or, you know, be judgmental. It's like, you know what? Find the art that appeals to you. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you it's out there somewhere. Sure. I've also, I've also found yeah. that, you know, and, the cool 
uh, let me just finish. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. The whole thing about street art is that, you know what, the community is like not, uh, I would say, polluted enough yet where that there's like, uh, you know, corporate sponsors will try to come in and make it commercial. And then the thing is like, whenever they try, it's always like just some, you know, not they realize they're working with artists and, and artists it's always, are usually it's always watered, crazy so it's always watered down you know so the cool thing about i think about la street art gallery is like you know it's it's the community of artists for the artist and then like you know we've always just done a good job at not really focusing on beef between the artists or anything like that just being a documenter man because okay. this art is temporary you know it's all it may only be up for a day, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, then, and then it gets buffed, right? So uh, right. depending on what area you're in. So, you know, our LA Strike Gallery can, has kind of been a hub for that. And uh, it's a nice little uh, platform to kind of launch other uh, products that you guys like podcasts, parties, paints, and things yeah. like that too, you know? We want to just keep it in the family of the people that, um, it, you know, like they, they understand the scene, yeah. Right. I, uh, go ahead, Jay. No, I was just going to, I wanted to circle back on, I, I feel like a lot of the things that you had just touched upon when you're talking about things like underground hip hop, these underground raves, street art, um, to me, the, the theme that kind of connects them all is this, the lack of a focus on commerce. How, how much do you feel that, that feeds into it, right? Because, I you know, do. you have these underground hip hop artists, yep, they don't care about getting their song well they care about getting their song on the radio but it's not their end goal right their end goal is to make really great music same thing with a street yeah. artist like they're not going to get paid for the you know most, most of them not going to get paid for a wall but you know do you think that well, is that goes back to kind of what uh, james was talking about earlier with how certain artists uh they circle in and out you know like they come into the into the scene thinking oh you know my shit's gonna be great you know i'm gonna people are gonna dig me they're gonna want to buy my shit i'm gonna be up in galleries i'm gonna be kicking ass and everything and then when that doesn't happen, they kind of slowly, you know, drizzle out, you know. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, when, uh, when they can come in and, you know, somehow, uh, you know, strike a nerve, um, then, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting to see um, what it does to them, you know, because, um, you know, there's guys out there that will go and they'll find a spot that has never even been thought of touching before and they'll do a piece and they won't even take a picture of it and they'll walk away. Mm. Those are the OG soul graffiti writers. You know what I mean? They like to find these spots that no one has ever done before. They put their piece up. Um, a God, A-G-O-D, uh, is a name that comes to mind. Virgin spots only is one of his hashtags. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's inspiring to me that this guy is, is trying to make sure that he doesn't hit spots that have already been found and hit. And then a lot of times um, it's not even him taking a picture of his shit. It's someone else that's taking a picture and has posted it. Right. Um, so there's, you know, uh, there's a therapeutic, you know, side of it. Um, but when it comes to the, the commerce side, um, you know, uh, the problem is, like I was saying a minute ago, you're, you're dealing with a bunch of artists. <laughs> and when you get corporate heads in and they're, you know, trying to, okay, we'd like to have uh, these six artists. We like these six artists, okay? And then, you know, all of a sudden these six artists, a couple of them think that they're, you know, better than the other artists. So they've spent more time, they've served more time or whatever. And so they, they want to make sure that they're receiving more money than, you know, they want to make sure the money is right. You know, and it's like, you hate to see that. 
but mm. it's real. It's, it's what happens sometimes. Yeah. And that, that's why it's like, I feel like, you know, understanding the artists and understanding the scene is like first and foremost of anything that you want to get into, you know, I, it's kind of teach just reminded me of something real quick that just happened in the news recently. Did you guys hear about, um, how like uh, six people got arrested because they tried to change the Hollywood sign <laughs> to Hollywood. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. did not hear that. Like okay, so this 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 just happened to me. Yeah, I, I saw, saw I saw that. I laughed, and I was like, "This is exactly what Teach is talking about. This is somebody new." Okay, you know they thought, <laughs> "Boob." Let's let's change that. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you know what they they were saying that it was it was one of the guys that were were with them or whatever was trying to say it was a. Uh, you know, um, breast cancer awareness, um, you know, uh, stunt to help bring uh, attention to breast cancer awareness, which is a clever thing to say, you know, and they got away with just trespassing charges. That's it. Because they did not deface. It was, they were just putting blankets up on it. So that's okay. why they didn't get charged. Going back to what I was saying, is that <laughs> a lot of people dabble in street art real quick, just to kind of like make a, uh, make a statement a lot of times. But, you know, the, the people that have been in, for the long term, like teach, like uh, a lot of the artists that we interviewed, that that's the one that we, the ones that we really care about, man. Because like we want to understand like why they are doing it, and then come from a place that when we have events, when we have podcasts and things like that, you, you know, we're not asking them stupid questions and things like that. Like I've I've worked with uh, large companies, and actually I won't say the name of this one, but it's actually they told me that teacher wouldn't be a good candidate to actually give a tour. <clears throat> Uh, give an explanation for street art because he's been arrested before. Now tell me, that's like not understanding that's the weird. culture like at all, basically, right? You know, you know what I mean. Like, do you understand what it is that you want to learn? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean. So, like to me, it's just and his like, name's Teacher. <laughs> like bigger brands, they'll come in and then you know they always have some sort of design because they watch exit through the gift shop and they're like we want to do this we want like a a big like wheat paste on the side of a building you know they have like an idea but the thing is like again they're using the the culture of street art for their own commerce like like you said jay mm. i mean know, it's that, appropriation and it's and it's, it's all right I, sure. I think the thing that makes it cool that you said is that connects all these underground cultures of artists it doesn't matter if you're a musician if you're a visual artist if you're a dancer i mean we congregate at these underground places it's like, dude, people aren't getting rich off these underground parties and things like that, you know? People, I mean, there are, of course, underground rappers that, like, make it, but they're not getting the radio play and the album sales that, like, you know, dude, rest in peace to, like, a couple rappers I want to shout out. Like, MF Doom just died recently. Double uh, K from um, People from Under the Stairs died recently, mm -hmm. man. It's like, if, if you're just a casual hip-hop fan, you've never heard of these people before, but it's like, the, the reason why there's so much love outpouring for MF Doom, man, is because his albums mean so much to the artists and the people who actually create a lot of this art, man. You know, it touches yeah. people in a different way than, you know, you can find me in the club, bottle full of bub kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, not, <laughs> not to say that that's not a great track. Right. Moment in time, right? You know, right place, right yeah. time, you know? But like normally when I'm listening to something that I want to feel thoughtful and it's in the uh, rap genre, I'm listening to something like in the underground genre, man. You know, mm. it's not some like club, club stuff because i'm not in the club you know so yeah uh, that was real insightful jay and I, I i agree with you yeah i used to i used to think i knew about music and then uh for a while i was designing for undergroundhiphop.com and i would have conversations with some of the people that work there and i'm like who what 
huh? Like, <laughs> what is it? What person? What? And I was, and I was like, I felt like I had just like learned about hip hop. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I can't even have a conversation with you guys. Like, and especially in New York, man. I mean, to be honest, like a lot of New York rappers, like, you know, I didn't hear about Big L until after like he passed, man, because you know, on the, when, when all that stuff was going on, we couldn't really hear Nas on the radio that much, you know, maybe one song with Lauren mm. Hill, you, you know what I mean? But we weren't getting played like, you know, unless you were handed like a mixtape from your homie who knew hip hop, man. Yeah, yeah. We weren't gonna get like East Coast shit. Like, you know, I was on Tupac Army, man. I, I didn't like Biggie just because Tupac told me not to like Biggie. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if, but the thing is, like, to be honest, it's just like I had only really heard Juicy uh, play on the radio sometimes. It's like, dude, I, I mean, I, it's a great song, but it's just like the separation of East Coast and West Coast was like a lot more when um when we were younger. Like different sure. markets. For different stuff is like it's real separated and i'm sure that's how it is in the art scene too and even more so in the graffiti scene i don't see mm. a lot of graffiti guys being able to uh, necessarily have the funds to go out on the go out to the east coast to do a tour unless uh you know they're they have some pretty good there stuff. are a few yeah there are a, a exactly. few graffiti artists that you know i've, I've seen over the ages and then i'm wondering to myself damn do you have a sponsor or how the how the fuck are you getting all over the world <laughs> getting up like crazy and I don't ever see you doing any posts saying, you know, sold, thank you so much, grateful to sell this, or, you know, I've yeah. sold, sold, whatever. It's like, hey, you know what? Um, that just could be their thing, you know? Like, uh, they don't feel like they need to make money off of it. And I know there are some graffiti artists that are like that. They just like to go put their stuff up, and that's it. You know, like, they like the nod, as right. they say. You know what I mean? They like getting the nod, which is just basically someone acknowledging um them for what they're doing so yeah. i think so james go ahead finish that thought and we, we have two things that we just want to wrap up with oh yeah no i, I was just saying th saying that i think like uh the recognition from your peers is something that i didn't learn was so important as an artist until uh you know at first you start doing whatever you are interested in because your ego you think you're pretty good right you, you know what i mean and then you're like all right i just want to express myself you know what i mean and then you get to a point where you've expressed yourself and then you actually need the recognition from your peers that you respect actually yeah to actually feel legitimate as an artist man or else like you're just an amateur so i was just saying that like that nod actually that teacher's talking about is actually a lot of the reason for a lot of artists to continue man they don't necessarily do it for the money they actually just do it it's like hey man i belong in this group this community i have respected peers you know what i mean so anyways that's yes. what i was gonna say yeah so we said his name and i guess it's only right that that we quote him now i said props is a true thug's wife right so <laughs> i love that uh, man. so hey, nice. no I was, um, I was just wondering like um you know uh i always like to ask east coast people man like at any like uh uh which one of the uh, west coast rappers do you guys like uh feel you know do you guys like kind of like uh, feel man because like a lot of times do you fuck with as they say yeah yeah he teaches up with the lingo you know because a lot Check of times i got i gotta say man like you know west coast like a lot of times in the 90s man like the, the lyricism and things like that work a little under par compared to a lot of the east coast guys you know but we had a certain vibe you, you know like i said that kind of like gangster lean that you know fucking weed smoking kind of like that this whole thing you know, you know what i mean so were there any yeah. west coast rappers that like you guys kind of like tip your hat to when you growing up like growing up yeah growing up growing up i like feel like 
growing up, maybe maybe I have a skewed uh, thought back to it. I feel like I was exposed to you know West Coast music. Um, I did like you know Tupac, and there was definitely kids in my class that liked Tupac, and it was it was weird because it was in the midst of the whole East Coast West Coast well, thing. See, see, at first when Tupac was came out here, we all know that he's from New York though. Yeah, he yeah. rapped like a New York person. All of a sudden, yeah. he just came out here, and then it was like. What's funny is that on our podcast, actually, one of the graffiti writers actually uh, uh, met Tupac when he first moved out to California, and he tells a really great story on it. It's the episode with Fish One. But, um, you okay. know, so it's like he first uh, came out here. He was a New York rapper. His flow was very New York, man. I mean, if you look at, mm -hmm. like, guys like Ice Cube, you know, and things like that, it's like they always – easy. people always joke, those are like kindergarten raps, man. Like, you know, and the, the, the rhyme scheme, the flow, it wasn't as intricate – as a lot of like the the east coast guys you, you know i mean they were doing like a different rhythm like jay-z was super choppy you know our guys were you know just kind of like rhyming on the beat like old school style but the thing is mm -hmm. it was just the topics and things like that so i i guess i'm just saying like is it was ice cube you, you know like uh uh respected out there was snoop dogg respected out there because like a lot of times i feel like it was uh uh you know new york guys tell me different uh I don't know if it was a level of, I don't know if we can go to respect. I mean, to each their own, to each their own. I don't think there was any, I don't remember anyone being like, you know, I don't respect those artists. Um, I mean, I remember listening to Snoop, you know, okay. when Snoop okay. dropped that, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't deny like when Snoop dropped Doggy music style, when right? we were younger, like, it was, yeah, it was like you had to, to vibe to it. And I, I got a fucking story about Doggy Style, if I may quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the first time I got in trouble for drawing because I started drawing all types of ass coming out of a doghouse because of the Doggy Style cover. My parents found that shit and it got really weird in the house. <laughs> we got a, wait, we got a story to top that story, actually. We had, <laughs> we had Joe Cool, who actually is Snoop Dogg's cousin, who drew that cover on our podcast as like the fourth episode, man. And you guys gotta, you guys gotta go back and. Uh, Boy, you talk about a boot camp of a fucking interview. Holy shit. James and I looked at each other at one point. And we're just like, ah. now, now Crespo, you, <laughs> you got, you got a corner in the back behind you, right? Yeah. All right, yeah. right. There's a corner where the walls like meet each other, right? Yeah, like yeah, right yeah. up there. Joe Cool forever changed my mind on or changed how to look my at view that. on how to look at a corner because he told me that when he was locked up in prison, he would see a corner and he would see two legs and a pussy, like right in the corner, basically. So he'd draw hair so he up would in draw there, like a, like a hair at the crack right there. So the gentleman in the prison would have something oh, nice man. to look at, man. <laughs> Okay, I'm just saying that. This, that was yeah. shortly into the uh, into the interview. Wow. It's like, okay, how do we segue uh, to Is something? That... Not safe for work else. after that. Anything else? What do you, what do you got, James? Can, can we talk about some fucking, I don't know, man. That's Food. It's Change late. it to food. All right. It's too late. Sorry. All right, now I want to redirect. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> uh, Good idea. Since creating a podcast, uh, has have you seen uh, or has it resulted in increased traffic into your individual endeavors yeah uh, i'll go first i'll go first you know i dj shows and things like that and i would say like the street art scene is adjacent to <clears throat> the music scene you know the the underground uh uh rave scene the party scene right so i've actually had graffiti artists like come to my shows uh, without even knowing, they just say, hey, I, I listen to the podcast, man. I just want to come out to one of your shows. And I was like fucking blown away, man. I was mm -hmm. just, shout out to figure, man. I mean, like, 
it, you know, to me, it just shows like, hey, man, you know, you start podcasts in the future as censorship gets more and more, man. It's just like, hey, you actually have your own voice to express yourself. And that's what I value. What about you, Teach? I mean, have you seen any like uh, increase in followers or uh, people, you know? I don't really pay attention. <laughs> oh, okay. But, um, but uh, you know, what I, what I have noticed is that it's um, developed a, uh, a little bit closer relationship with the, um, with the fans that I do have. Oh. Um, people that actually put comments down and stuff and, and, you know, that actually, you know, it's, um, yeah, it, it seems like it's, um, I guess it's, it's basically another effort in the art world. I was telling James not long ago that, um, another reason why I enjoy doing the podcast is because, uh, it makes me feel like I don't necessarily need to go out and get some artwork done, you know, to show that I've done something, Yeah. you know, because here I am, I'm doing something here by trying to help other artists, you know, and by doing that, I'm also helping myself because I'm putting myself in that position, creating legacy. But, um, you know, uh, when, when we first got started, I never finished this. Um, uh, you know, I told James, you know, okay, sure. I'll give it a shot and everything that I was kind of worried about filling up the content because of that one podcast I'd done and talked so much. It only been 10 fucking minutes. Um, and so the first podcast we did was actually, um, the night before my second solo art show mm. and James came by the, the gallery and I was just going to spend the night in the gallery so I could have some peace and quiet, be away from the kids and the wife and everything. And, um, you know, he's really kind of considerate, you know, he goes, Hey man, look, I know you told me, you know, we can do this, but you know, I still, you still got a little bit of stuff to do. We can do this another night. I'm like, nah, dude, come on. Let's, you know, in my mind, I'm going, let's go ahead and get this first one over with. Cause I don't know if I can do it, you know, how this is going to go or whatever. So we, we got started, you know, we just started chatting about how it all got started and, and the guy that was doing the, the blog from the beginning or whatever. And it didn't really seem like long after that, that he was like, uh, okay, man, that's an hour. And I was just like, what? <laughs> I have so much more that I could have said and, and could have gone on for like hours. Yeah. And it was right at that point. I knew I'm like, dude, I can, we can do this. We can absolutely fucking do this because if just he and I can just easily, very easily just go on for an hour we can easily do an hour with someone else. Sure. So, and one of the things like I always feel too, is like, you know, um, like when the George Floyd incident happened, man, you know, um, we had a podcast that day actually, and, mm. uh, all that shit hit. And then like, we were, we, we were just going to come on. Actually, we had a guest cancel on us cause he felt like it was like insensitive to, I guess, do a podcast that day or something like that. Okay. So, so I was just like, okay, well, uh, we're still going to do a podcast, man. So actually we allowed, it allowed us to have the time to talk to each other about sure. this situation, man. Like it was a, such a fucked up situation, George Floyd, that it's like, dude, yeah, like everybody's kind of locked up in their own homes and, um, you know, nobody really has, uh, anybody to talk to about. And, um, no I sounding like, board, no outlet at all. Yeah. I felt right. like, um, a lot of people reached out to us and said, Hey, that was a great episode, man. We started mm. that, uh, uh, episode off with uh uh for what it's worth by uh, buffalo springfield's classic rock song that they commonly played in the 60s um uh, a protest song you know mm-hmm. and then it was just like a lot of Something's people said that's happening here yeah exactly you know and th- that that's it's just like it gave a lot of people 
of the ability to commiserate with us. You, you know, it's just like, hey, it's not just me feeling that way. It's, you know, James and Teach, like, they're, they're just dudes, you know, true, like, hanging out on the podcast, and they feel this way, too. So, uh, you know, that's what I, I, I've been listening to podcasts for, like, I don't know, over a decade, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's just like, that's one of the things, like, I love about podcasts. Sometimes it's just like, if you don't have anybody to share your thoughts with, and you can listen to somebody else talk about it. It actually helps you expand your mind and uh, palette on the, uh, the what's going on too. So um, going back to your original question, like how is the podcast like kind of like increased um, just our, our brands or our, yeah. our avenues, man. I mean, it just has increased me better. Uh, it helped me better as a person to, I guess, like process my own feelings too, man, you know, and, uh, and, you know, we have people that fans or listeners that could reach out to us, man. And I think like, you know, it just like brings that like closeness to whoever you're talking to. Cause these are people that listen to you every single week. And, um, you know, I have podcasts I listen to every single day. Yeah. And I literally yeah. depend on those podcasts to get through my day, you know, mm. and uh, I'm glad we can bring some happiness to people and make people laugh and, uh, also help out some artists, uh, you know, jump on the platform and introduce themselves. Right on. Right on. Jay. All right. So, uh, if you guys have heard any of our episodes before and if anyone else has heard our podcast before, we know we always end our shows the same way. It's a segment that we like to call uh, copy, collab, erase. So what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to give you uh, three names. You're going to choose who you would copy, who you want to maybe copy their style, who you would love to collaborate with, and then one person has to go. Uh, so our three names today in our West Coast edition of the One Love Art Sessions are Dr. Dre, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Jack Nicholson. Mm, mm, that's good. Well, I mean, for me, it's like F Murder Kill, right? But uh, yes, it's, it's copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's copy, collab. <laughs> and erase. And erase. Yeah, you don't have to fuck anybody. Yeah. <laughs> like that all right you want to go first Peach? because like uh um, well uh you said jack nicholson yeah correct he can go he's too fucking old you know what i mean he's had his time i appreciate him i love him and everything he's got to go you know what i mean he's fucking crazy now um so that leaves uh ice cube and dre and and the peppers dre and and um, red hot well, I've already collaborated with one of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Dave Navarro. So oh, yeah. uh, we'll just go with collaborate on them. And sure, the cube, I'll copy that motherfucker. Badass okay. motherfucker. Dre, but. There you go. Dre, cube. What's. It's. Don't say it. Old. Don't finish that statement. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? I hate to be so unoriginal, but like, uh, you know, you know, I would say, I, you know, I, I would probably copy the red hot chili peppers more than i copy dre and i would uh, you, you know i'll collab with dre and then like i said I, I respect jack nicholson for a lot of his older work man one flew over cuckoo's nest i mean it's it's like amazing movie man but uh you know his new shining stuff, yeah yeah exactly not but gonna hurt you Mindy. chinatown right i just watched just it gonna recently. bash your brains <laughs> that's a pretty good impression teach but uh you know you know i think i think like uh I'll definitely, I respect the Red Hot Chili Peppers a lot, man, because, um, I mean, they're just a very L.A. band, man. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, like, everybody's picked up a guitar and tried to play Under the Bridge before, right? Mm. You know what I mean? And um, No, I, think, I haven't. 
<laughs> well, if you try yeah, to... Plus, we, uh, we interviewed Dave, so a couple, three times now, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, like, uh, uh, you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers as a band, man, they just represent uh, L.A. a lot, man. While Dre represents, like, Compton and, and everything like that, to me, um, uh, like I said, I would love to collaborate with Dre one day, man. That would be great, but I, I don't know if it'll ever happen. I do, I do hip-hop. I do uh, uh, mainly house music these days. Yeah. You, you know, I've, I've done, uh, you know, all sorts of music, man. But at the end of the day, I think, uh, like I said, I, um, I just have a utmost respect for Red Hot Chili Peppers just because okay. uh, they're definitely sealed in the, the rock history as one of the ultimate bands, uh, you know, and originals rock, like. rock, rock music is rock music is, I mean, kind of dead these days, man. I mean, like what bands are coming up that aren't like Imagine Dragon sounding, dude, you know, you know, <laughs> well, dude, everything's been done. Everything's been fucking done. Same with the art world. You know what I mean? It, all it is is just a combination of things that have already been done at this point. Yeah, well, you, sampling each other, right? Say, yeah, yeah. Exa exactly. You know, and I think that uh, I'm not. I'm sorry, okay. I'm not, I'm not. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to come off like that, but that's just all it is at this point. Everything's been done. Hell yeah! I mean, you know, I think like that, that's a pretty good question, though. I, I like those, man. And uh, we should we should start having like segments like these on our on our show <laughs> too, man. Like, be more professional, Peach. <laughs> like, run, gentlemen. Yeah, for us, honestly, uh, you know, it's it's so awesome hanging out with you guys, man. I, I love the show. Yeah. You guys got to come on our show too and kick it too. We got to ask you some of uh, our questions, man. But. Yeah, for sure, man. We we have uh, we'd love that. Um, we love your podcast. Keep doing what you do. Thank you for making time for us. Um, and we yeah. hope that we can continue to get your word out of your podcast because you two guys are awesome, um, and your guests are incredible, and there's so much to learn. Uh, so anybody who is looking. Uh, to just learn more about the craft, learn more about street art, learn more about uh, the community that exists because of it. Um, you know, we're going to send them over your way. So thanks. Oh, yeah, man. And, and you know you what? Have a, thanks, man. If you have any artists, West Coast artists that want some East Coast exposure, you let us know. Oh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. We got any up and coming artists, man, send them our way. We would and love to chat it up with, with people we've never heard of before. We're sure. going to send you guys uh, some uh, spray paint too, guys. Uh, no doubt, man. Like, oh, I'm uh, with that. Because like, we're going we're gonna to kind of, we're, we're, what we're basically going to do is we're going to give every single one of our partners a code so you can actually uh, earn per can that you're selling with too. You, you right. know what I mean? So uh, we'll talk to you guys a little bit more about that off the air, man. But yeah, a lot of different things coming, man. Well, uh, um, whatever information you want us to distribute and share with our listeners as well, please feel free to send it over to us and we'll get that into to everybody. Dude, anyone, anyone that has been on any of our shows uh, you guys are interested in, let us know. We'll, Slide him a quick note for you and yeah. Shout out to, to Chris because he's been on both of our shows. RWB RWK, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, oh yeah. Robots will kill. Yeah, yeah man. Badass. Uh you know, congratulations to Chris uh RWK on his most recent Up magazine cover, man. It's yep. super dope and it's got an advertisement to go spray paint inside that magazine. So follow us at Go Spray Paint on Instagram. And, uh, follow us at PT Show. And uh, you'll find all that good stuff there. Man. The music's there, the teachers' art is there. And, uh, uh, like I said, all that good stuff. Gentlemen, thank you. Awesome. Thank you guys. All right, Thanks, hey, guys. James. James, good luck with that little baby, man. Uh, sending you lots of love and, and energy. Thank you, thank you. You're going to need the energy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. I'm going to hey, go. Try to sleep when you can. Any coffee? Yeah. Now. yeah. yeah. Uh, peace out, folks. Take care, guys. All right. all right. Later, guys. Thank you. Peace.